Welcome back to The Rewind. This is Keenan, And this is Jonah. Okay, everybody. So here we are. We are finally on the very last episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, A Chosen. And this time, we have a couple of guests with us, Jessica and Nikki. Nikki will be joining us a little later in the episode. But first, I want to introduce my best friend uh, since we were 15 years old, Jessica. Hi. Hey, Jess. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Thank you for having me on. We're so excited to have you so we can watch this episode of Buffy and talk so much shit. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so excited. Me too. Yeah, it's so cool to have another person who likes this show. I, I don't know about you, but every time I meet or find out someone that I know likes Buffy as much as I do, I totally geek out. If yeah, talk all things Buffy. Do you do you experience that as well? Well, you know, I have to admit that as far as Buffy, I haven't rewatched it much since I was like in my twenties. So it it isn't something that I even really feel super comfortable like referring to the story. I remember like how much it meant to me to like watch it in real time, but I wouldn't be like good to talk about it conversationally I don't think but this kind of thing where we're like watching it you know as we go will maybe like spur my memory a little bit but there are other shows that I geek out like that with people about so tell me Jess I because I remember you weren't a huge Buffy fan like at the very beginning but our old friend Heather and I were like, you got to watch this show, like give it a chance. Yeah. Then- you know, it's so funny. So actually my younger sister, Sarah watched like the pilot episode in the first season of Buffy in real time. And I think because, <laughs> because I associated Sarah with having like bad taste in TV, I was like, Oh, I'm not watching that. And then <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, Heather and Keenan, they loved the show and it meant like so much to them. And I remember Callie also really liked it. Yes. So you're right. I didn't watch it in real time, but we got the DVD. This was right around when like you could rent DVDs at like Blockbuster. And so we rented them and like watched them together, kind of like a binging before binging was a, before streaming binging mm-hmm. and then we watched the final episode together or the final yes. season together and yes. the final season I remember us being because I was caught up and Heather was caught up and we were watching it in real time and it was very exciting yeah yeah that one I I, I I don't know if I ever mentioned that before so like we didn't have the UPN on the coast but at some point in time, like one of our Fox affiliates would play UPN shows and we found out probably a few episodes into the last season of Buffy. So I would like spend the night with Jessica and like we'd watch Buffy. Yes. And it was it was so much fun. There was nothing else like that really, you know, on TV or at least nothing that I saw. So it was great. 
but Keenan has always been <laughs> like a super fan, and he really was like, "You have to watch this. It's so good." So I kind of feel this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I do feel like um, I do feel like y'all are better Buffy fans than me, but I'm still very excited to be here. <laughs> Yay! Well, I am glad to have you. So. We're going to let Jonah tell us a little bit about this episode we're going to watch, and then we're going to hop to it. All right. Yes, so it is the series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, And in this episode, in a desperate gamble, Buffy and the potential Slayers decide that instead of waiting to be attacked, they will open the cell of Dathlazar and take the battle directly to the first. Did I say that right, Keenan? Is it Dathlazar or Dantlazar? I think it's Dantlazar. Okay, yeah, because it's spelled oddly, and I I feel like they say it differently. But anyway, you know, there are some shows where people will pronounce the character's name differently, like throughout the show, and you're like, "But what is their name? I don't know." I I feel like I've never seen Dathlazar whatever in text, so it's really throwing me off right now. So. It's not one that you're going to work into everyday uh, composition, I guess. Exactly. Okay, everybody. So we ready? So ready. Let's do this countdown. Three, two, one. Uh, Angel! Angel. He and Buffy. It opens with them making out. That's so hot. (laughs) Um... So this is an angel. She was refresh my memory. She was fighting uh, Caleb, right? Yes, yes. And uh, she thought she killed him. They, they, they are thinking he's dead at this point. Oh, oh, this is the good death. This is his true death. Because mm-hmm. she was getting the side. I like the way everyone says that. I feel like I, I, I did that on the last episode. <laughs> and he brings her something like some kind of ancient text or book or something. Yeah, I it's. What it is exactly. I don't. I don't. Rem- well, we know that there's going to be a necklace in the mix. Uh, oh, oh, Caleb! So Caleb, Are like you bleeding. Like he is straight up bleeding black blood from yeah, the eye. Like, every orifice. Yes, he's like oozing demonic goo. Because, you know, well, he just merged with the first. So I guess the first is coming out of him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Jess, are, as you're watching these opening credits, like what, what feeling does this bring you? Is it nostalgia? Is it like, oh, I remember half of this, like these scenes or... Yeah, it really, I have such fond memories of the show that even, like, I was I was trying to get at that at the beginning, that even though I don't remember all of the particulars of the narrative, I just found it to be so powerfully, like, important to me when I was watching it. Like, it was at such a hard time in my life when I was watching Buffy, and it was a long line of shows that helped me escape reality in a really wonderful way, like Golden Girls and... Buffy and I uh, remember Sex in the City being one at one point, but yeah, I um, it just reminds me that I love it. Yeah, and you know I love Spike. So anytime yes. that they flash back to Spike, I'm like a little horny because <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love Spike. 
So we are back from credits. Buffy is doing some amazing ass kicking on Kayla, yeah. and she's fighting with that scythe. What? And, yes, oh, and she that just death nailed scene. him right she in the dick with the scythe. Him. But yeah, and then she just brings it on up and slices him in two. Did I just from, see blood splatter? I don't think I ever noticed blood splatter before. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Well, she sliced him up, taint to taint to top. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> can, can, that, can we get that on a shirt can y'all help remind me why uh spikes like tether or whatever is uh buffy why his like first spirit is buffy so the first uh appears to anyone that has died and i feel like whenever it appears to you in a form of someone that has passed it's gonna be like what it's gonna inflict the most pain on this person yeah. um if seeing them because i choose to believe that the first would have come back as jenny if we would have had like a, a a giles scene well it did that the first time we see the first right yes like, yes in back in season three he comes back as jenny but i don't remember there being any scenes with uh giles so that kind of <laughs> nullifies my reason. Right. Giles, Giles was so bored with shooting this show by season 7 he was like did I mention I'm really famous in Indian? Right. <laughs> I'm a musician <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life is the opening shot of the first episode of season 7 of Buffy with Giles on that fucking horse <laughs> oh my god I totally forget about that yes. okay. sorry y'all going off on a tangent let's get back Okay. <laughs> so, oh, here they are. They're having Buffy and, and Angel having one of their serious talks. It's one of I, I'm sure it was one of those. I'm here to protect you. I don't need you to protect me. Exactly. This, this 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 was actually when he was like, "You smell like Spike," and I've been sniffing your armpits. And so <sighs> they spend ten minutes like having a little fight over her making out with spike and and i thought that's your boyfriend (laughs) yes and he actually and i honestly i really questioned joss (laughs) joss whedon's like direction on this because he spends like 10 minutes on this and then some of the fight scenes to wrap up the show we get like 30 seconds of explanation so i I thought this was an interesting uh diversion I do feel like it's sort of a conversation that's kind of should be beneath Angel, but I think maybe that's yeah. the point is to say, even though you have these two powerful beings like in Angel and Spike and they're warriors and champions that they're still capable of being just as petty as like teenage boys. <laughs> oh, absolutely. For sure. Oh my God. Did she just call him Dawson? <laughs> <laughs> so... She's so annoyed by this. She is. And it's so frustrating because he's in LA living his best life. Has he's he's lost his soul a couple of times by now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, get the fuck out of here, Angel. And I love that Buffy's defending her relationship with Spike. She's not throwing Spike under the bus like she would have in the past, I think. She's Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. defending, like, you know what? He's in my heart. So back the fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. I remember, though, I bet, you know, I'm watching this now as uh, an elder, but when I was 20, I probably wanted 10 minutes of this part. I probably wanted so much to see Angel and Buffy on screen together for a little bit. But rewatching it, I did not have that reaction. I was like, what? 
what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told I've told Keenan time and again as I get older and I've done these rewatches, I come to appreciate Spike and love him much yeah. more than I ever have before. I love this speech, by the way, that she gives about the cookie dough. Love it. Yeah, it's not done thinking. I relate to this so much. <laughs> also, he's 300 years old. I mean... Can you give this 20-year-old woman, like, some space to <laughs> fucking breathe, please? <laughs> I mean, he's been he's been messing around with her since she was 16. I know. Oh, it's so, so frustrating. I feel like this... I have to bring that up every other episode of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but look at his face in this scene. He's so petulant eight-year-old, and I love it. Pouty, pouty angel. And you know what's really sad? Flashback to all of us at 18 years old, and that was what we wanted. We wanted someone pining over us and just being like, well, I mean, is is he your boyfriend? Uh, Yeah, that's what I was Now I'm grown and I'm like, tell me more about how, uh, well, anyway, I can't think of anything right now, but like, something, something clever, clever, something, like, something. It's like, tell me about those, thought. tell me about those benefits. Right? <laughs> yes. And tell me about that mortgage. <laughs> Sometimes it's something. I actually do find it really attractive when I meet a guy who has a mortgage. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I've dated a couple of people lately who like own their own house and I'm like, tell me more about that, sir. <laughs> what did y'all what what reaction did you two have to them wrap like the wrapping up of the Angel and Buffy storyline? Like as far as their little love story. Honestly, I think by this point, I was pretty all in on Spike. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it depends on if you ask, like, past Jonah or current Jonah. <laughs> like, past Jonah was very bummed that when Angel left, but I was a big fan of Angel, the show, also. Um, and I always enjoy the little treats of having him pop in, or her pop in on Angel. But I, looking at it now i really i like how they did it i'm glad they got him out of the way and gave spike more time i feel like he deserved it i love that he became more of an episode uh, more of a character than they had intended him to be yeah, yeah. agreed so we are He's back stuck- james marsters is just so good mm-hmm. he is he told there's a quote he told us he was like look if we're gonna do anything buffy you got about five maybe ten years <laughs> other than that spike can't come back after that spike yeah. can't come back yeah Ugh. so and this is fun. another scene where now spike is being petulant about the kiss between buffy and angel is that angel <laughs> on the punching bag <laughs> there, okay. okay so we're we are back at the house buffy is in the basement talking to spike and he was sparring with like one of the little punching bags and so, as as Jessica said, he's being all petulant about knowing that there was a kiss with Angel. You see this little, like, drawing of Angel's face on a piece of paper taped to the punching bag. And I have to admit, I have never noticed that before. And the camera, the camera lingers on it for so uh-huh. long, and I've never paid it any attention. 
It is put it a has- note, like to your like put a picture of it on your social or something. It's so good. And <laughs> I have to use it to promote this episode. Yes. 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 It's so good. because uh, it's like little X's for eyes and his little vamp fangs and his like spiky hair. It's the so high hair. Funny. But this is a cute allegory for like Buffy is having to like settle these incredibly old dudes' souls. Yeah. <laughs> She's mm. like please don't let my little kiss with Angel like annihilate your self-esteem, you know? And it's like, it's kind of sad. It's also interesting to me how they get, she just, you would just see that she gives him this amulet that, uh, that Angel brought to Buffy and said that it's meant for a champion to wear and Angel was not the one to do it. And so she knew it was to go to Spike, so she hands it to him. So it's interesting to me how her her ex-lover, who is a champion, it, she's, it's passing off this, this amulet that's going to change the whole like trajectory of the end here with the first um, and, and passing it off to you know her new guy, which isn't really a, a guy right now. Like, I mean, he's not her current lover, but I don't know. Yeah, I, like I know the, what you mean. Yeah. And I love how they like spend the nights together and they, they're literally just sleeping together. They're not doing anything yeah. else in this season. Yeah, their love story is really beautiful in yeah. season seven. Although the rape from season six makes it a little yeah. nasty. That's a rough one. Don't need an arm, got an army. Oh, look at him showing up, the first showing up as old Caleb. The first is such a snarky little villain. I love it. I, I love, love the first. For me, it's like, as far as, far as villains go, it's Glory, and then it's the first. Mm, you know, I, you guys? I'd have to say the mayor. The mayor and, mm. and the mayor is one of my favorites. I love the master. I feel I could have had a full twenty-two episode season of The Master. I loved him. Well, my favorite villain is the Fear Demon uh, from <laughs> that Halloween episode, like season one or two. But a close runner-up is I think it's season seven, episode two, the one when Willow, or maybe three. Um, there's some weird goblin that at some point is taking strips of Willow's skin oh, off. Yeah. The- <laughs> That guy lives in my head rent-free. Like, that is <laughs> creepiest. I know, I know he's not, like, a major story arc, or they don't, either one of those don't get, like, major stories, but those are my favorites. The fact that that thing was so casually eating strips of her flesh, and she was just laying there stuck and, like, frozen, mm-hmm. I'm like, that is a true nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> that was a phenomenal episode. It really yes. is. It's so well done. It's like, we reject spells. Like, we keep them as pets. Like, oh, the no- it's just such a creepy little thing. Such a good villain. Ugh. Oh, the show. This is a really long scene. It is. <laughs> Buffy, so what they have saying? fallen asleep. Buffy has had a full conversation with the first in a couple of different forms. <laughs> the first came in to talk his shit to shake her up. But I think this is the moment where Buffy... Oh. Where she yeah. realizes they're gonna win. I love that I got to that at the same moment as Okay, the can I tell you? Can I and I don't mean to make this political, but I literally had the same epiphany 
when we were right before the election or like right at the election and I literally said the same thing <laughs> I was like it was just a realization I had. It's just an epiphany. You're much better than me because I was afraid up until the end. I'm still afraid. <laughs> Giles! Now see, that's what I wanted 15 minutes of. I want 15 minutes of just Giles and Buffy like just mm-hmm. obsessing over how much they meant to each other. And... Father-daughter Ugh. dynamics. Yeah, that's another big thing that we po- we like harp on in this podcast is their father-daughter relationship also faith really still doing it for me all these Mm -hmm. years later i love like faith by the time we get her for season seven i'm i was ready for a spinoff i'm like where's my faith series and there was was really having a time right then Mm -hmm. i think there was like talks of a and an animated faith series that never happened i was like i would have been there for that yeah so many people in this bedroom right now. Mm-hmm. It's giving me Rona trauma. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wear your masks. Well, know. At, you know what, though? At this point, they're all in each other's COVID bubble. Everyone lives in that house. That's no, true. Well, except for Buffy. Look at this blouse buddy Buffy has on. It's so good. Look at the shoulders. I love her style. We this, talk about that a lot on the podcast. <laughs> yes. So this is where Buffy is having this amazing rally moment with all the potentials. She has let Faith hold the scythe, and Faith was like, yeah, there's energy in this. And so this is when Buffy gives that, you know we talk about these great Buffy speeches that happen before ass gets kicked. Mm-hmm. Or after their asses get kicked. <laughs> yeah. it, this is the one when she points at Willow and says, this woman is more powerful than all of them, right? Yes. About, that's a really, yeah, that's a good one. I love that moment. Ugh, Principal Wood. Also, okay. Keenan, can we just admit that Heather uh, definitely copied Faith's dressing style for like three years? <laughs> Heather, oh, look at Faith's yes, pants yes. in this scene and tell me that you're not looking at Heather. Minus, minus the leather. The belt. Yes. Look at the belt. Oh, oh, the belt. Yes. I I admit that I had one of those spike studded belts. <laughs> I've never been able to wear a belt. I love it. Oh, is this, so, I think at this point, they've already slept together, Principal Wood and, and Faith. Yes. And, together. and he's like, I've had better, or he's like, I'm more yes. than you. Like, it's, he. He I, totally, like, manipulates her into to being, like, uh, challenging him. Mm-hmm. Like, challenging his assessment that she's not good in bed. <laughs> he, this was negging. This is before negging was a thing. It's, it's interesting. But it's... Damn, did he just say defensive, isolationist, slayer crap? Oh, yeah, no. he. Well, you know, his mom was a slayer, so he's reading, honey. <laughs> he is reading. He's like, I know you. I know you. Uh, I love him. I think they do really well on screen together. And again, I would have been here for a fake series that had Principal Wood attached to it. Yes, yes. I I wouldn't mind a flash forward like reboot situation spinoff where they're together and they have little like Slayer babies 
like and, yes. and we get to see like that yes. <laughs> player babies let's do that series <laughs> can someone animate slayer babies right now slayer babies and <laughs> i'm trying to think what like, the baby like, would what like, what what we could actually morally let a baby vanquish <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be like, sure, kill someone. <laughs> kill the person on the playground that did you wrong. Like, we would need more. I mean, more clearly, space. clearly they have to fight baby vampires. Oh baby vampires. Get the fuck Like, out. Somebody, somebody's running around turning babies into vampires. No! <laughs> Leave it to Keenan to come up with a way to take children out. I mean, we saw it already on what was that movie where uh, Kirsten was it Kirsten Dunst? No. Are you talking about interview, interview with, the with the vampire? vampire? Yeah, who was that? That was, that was Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. Mm. That was Kirsten Dunst. Look at me remembering people. I'm impressed. But she was also like, what was she like? Ten. She was ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have to be honest. I did not love the whole Kennedy Willow relationship. Tell me more. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like Kennedy as a character, honestly. And so that was one reason. Uh, but I just, I don't know. It's hard to follow Tara. <laughs> you know, and I know it's not fair, but I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't love it. But I did love how she supported Willow and believed yeah. in her so much. Kennedy was giving off that like top energy that I think Willow needed. I think like, Willow's a top personally. Oh no, in that I think Willow is totally versatile. And I think <laughs> in her relationship with Tara, she was the top. But in okay, her fair relationship enough. with Kennedy, she's a bottom. 120%. People are gonna be like, this is inappropriate conversation. <laughs> <laughs> For like, what? Is there some... <laughs> like, Is there a podcast police that we don't know about? <laughs> no, oh, bugger think... it. This is also so cute to me that they're sitting here playing Dungeons and Dragons. Andrew dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. Of course no. he would be. But no, the best, part, the best part is when Giles starts arguing with him <laughs> about something. Like, you can't do that. You know, I actually was wondering if the, um, the people that closed up Game of Thrones had maybe looked at this scene because the... The scene ending in Game of Thrones, before, Game of Thrones, before they go into like a big battle, they all get together and kind of like hang hang out and commiserate like as a crowd. It's not as lighthearted as this, but I did wonder if maybe the writers of that had seen this because it it, it was a hmm. I don't know like an interesting way to show how people would deal with knowing that they had something awful coming up the next day right. you know you yeah. wouldn't just be walking around like being ballsy you would really want like friends and warmth yeah i totally i know exactly what you're talking about i know which scene you're talking about too from Game yeah. of Thrones, and i i really like that scene yes because it's one of the lighter scenes in that whole series <laughs> that is such a good episode oh it is really good I feel like we should start it over because we haven't really talked about anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, did the, did the um, listeners know where we're at in the episode? So we are seeing Sunnydale High School. <laughs> Woo! Oh, All right, everyone's yes. entering the school. We have some energy. Finally, 22 minutes in, we have some fight energy. 
Yeah. Oh, they were ready to kick in. ass. And ten minutes of that was just uh, composition <laughs> dumping with Angel. <laughs> oh, Xander and his iPad. Oh my god! Also, Xander. I just saw one of the potentials carrying their stake upright with a sharp end up. I'm like, girl, no, no! strip. <laughs> And following your own stake. Oh my god! Like, where is your training, girl? So, Wood is immortal, right? Yes, he's okay. mortal. But his mom was the Slayer that Spike killed in the seventies. Yeah. So Spike. I really think it would have been cool for him to have some kind of like strength, like something. But then I'm like, no. Like, did he did he at least get like a scene where he got to get a couple good licks in on Spike? Uh, oh, but he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Oh, that, that's good. a really There's a good whole episode, episode dedicated to that. All really right, let me just go episode. back and rewatch that. Is that also season seven? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Principal Wood couldn't get any Slayer's Ring because he's a boy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. So that means if Slayers have daughters, they get to they get to have strength. They they're gonna I be wonder. like. The scene, the scene almost got me. Yeah, this Anything is when I was say really just gonna sound to... like goodbye. Dawn is one of my favorite characters. Oh, I love her really? so much. I didn't yes. like her until this, until season seven. She's so good in season seven. I was just about to season say that. Season five and six. Well, she was a child, so. <laughs> and that's funny because I follow someone on TikTok who covered, like, her whole TikTok is dedicated to Buffy, like, you know, commentary or whatever. And so she was talking about the same thing, how, like, Dawn... Like it's such an unpopular. Hold on, character hold on people. one second. I have to. We have to talk about this scene as it happens. Oh, yes, it's our core okay. Scoobies. The camera is circling around them, and they're just like talking, talking about, about the mall, like fun shit they're gonna do after they save the world. Like this scene gives me a little bit of chills because it is such an excellent like goodbye throwback. to our little crew. Yeah, it's a throwback and, to and a, a throwback like, episode. And look, and here goes. Earth is definitely doomed. Yeah. <laughs> Because they did this in season one, right? That yeah. That's the throwback of season one. At the end, I think that was the end of the episode. Was he was like, the, the earth is doomed. The world is doomed. Or, I just, the Scoobies, that core group. Y'all, I'm crying. Series, series finales are so charged with emotion. Mm-hmm. Because the people playing them, they're saying goodbye to like their lived experience, playing these roles, their actual friends, their actual like part of their life ending. And then the the audience is devastated that we're losing our show. So yeah. it's like watching it is so charged. I hate series finales for that reason, actually. Can I also just say that they all cut their hands with the same <laughs> And I hate it when I see that on TV shows. I'm like, no. All the hep be. <laughs> I, I hate how nonchalant they always do it, too. Like, like I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not going to pretend like that doesn't hurt. You right. see- like we need you to grimace a little bit more, sir and ma'am. Thank you. Oh my god, this scene is really good too. Mm-hmm. I love so, Willow. Willow so is so we pure. Are in mm-hmm. the principal's office, Willow has the side, and she is, <laughs> she is uh, about to use her Willow magics to activate the side. And this is 
whenever the scythe gets activated, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And I will start crying. I just want you all to know that it's going to happen. There's also a very erotic charge between her and Kennedy during this whole thing. <laughs> like, they're very horny during this scene, and it's like, uh, can you be serious yeah. for a minute? Well, I mean, you have to think back. Like, every time they reference, like, Willow and Tara doing spells, it was just, like, a euphemism for sex. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, you guys. Oh, man. Y'all know so much more about this than me. This scene kind of. Oh, fuck. So we, we are like in the caves underneath like we are in the hell mouth at this point and they're looking over the cliff and they see hordes of hordes and why do they make the vampires so ugly like they look like <laughs> I guess to make them scarier they're like yeah. these are these are true vampires these are vampires before they were tainted with humans Mm-hmm. The true predator. Yeah. Which is why they're as ugly as the master, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a little, I love how they're like, I don't want to write a spell for this. I don't want to look up any languages. She's just going to say, oh my goddess. <laughs> yeah. So then we go back and we have Buffy talk about, so here's where you decide, what if you had the power right now? And she gives the Into Every Generation of Slayer is Born speech, which is like, because it's a bunch of dudes that put all this into a woman. A woman, a woman. Wow. <laughs> and this is where she <gasps> says that, like, um, points to to Willow and says, "This, this woman, woman is more powerful. powerful than all of them." Yes, yes, she is. So at this point, Willow has activated the sign, and, and she says, all I of say the, my power is your power, and all of the potentials are awakening. So you see this rush through everyone. Oh, I love the. I love scenes, the montage. Scenes mm-hmm. of like this little girl stepping up to the bat to play baseball and all these girls around the world. One whose dad this is one, about I to strike. And, yes. And she like catches her dad's hand. Before he hits her. Oh. But the look on this little girl's face, that is magic. And there's music. The music associated mm-hmm. with this during, like, it's it's what really, like, amps it up for me. Wait, Felicia can we Day. hear it? Let me hear it. Felicia Day just says that these guys are dust. I just, I love this scene. Oh, this fight. It's so much happening. Okay. Yeah. It looks rough. And so, like, you know, at this point, we have bonded with all of these potentials. And so now you're like, oh my God, we know they can't all walk out of this. Who are we going to lose? So like any big fight scene, you're you're right. freaking out over that. We cut back to the principal's office. Willow's like glowing in white lights. Mm-hmm. I always like wonder, I'm like, okay, does that mean Willow's a goddess now? Because <laughs> she looked like one. <laughs> well, there was a, so remember I was telling you as I was kind of like, perusing some of the Buffy comic titles. There's one ep- well, like one series about Willow called Goddesses and Monsters mm. that I'm I'm like, yeah. oh, this raises eyebrow. Buffy always fought in the cutest outfits. Mm-hmm. Like, Girl, how? Yeah, like, put on some scrubs. And here's Kennedy. <laughs> <Some> scrubs. <laughs> yes! Kennedy came through with the scythe, and now shit is getting real. 
And I brought oh this God. up before, but and Keenan's always like, just suspend disbelief though. But like my my thing is like in the beginning when we first met these uh Uber vamps, it was so hard for Buffy to defeat just one of those on her own. And and now they're all killing them so effortlessly. And I'm like, what's that about? <laughs> well, they're also like, okay, it's harder to stake them directly into the heart. Then I don't think they show anyone doing this, but they probably have to go up through this side. Yeah, they they figure out an easier way to kill them, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That works for me. <laughs> yeah. Or it was wrapping up seven years of this narrative, and they're like, you know what? We got it. We got I really go would on. just love to go take a sandwich <laughs> break. Ugh, Anya and Andrew. I'm like, why'd they leave Anya and Andrew by themselves? They know they were going to make right. it out of that. <laughs> that was so mean. Get a single warrior to help them. Well, I mean, where is uh, Dawn hanging out? She's with Xander, I think. Dawn was like, I don't have a stunt double, so I'll be over here reading. <laughs> Michelle's like, um, I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing schoolwork right now. <laughs> and when did Anya get so like savvy with a sword? Oh, see, I remember Keenan always loving Anya's, like, like her, well, not the fact that she died, but like her getting to be powerful. Wait, or she dies? Oh, shit. Mm-mm. Oh, I love oh, how it's just some random background Uber vamp gets a very, like, good hit on Buffy. Yeah, but it's probably just her spleen or something, not even like a yeah. major yeah. organ. But he really gets her like right through the, and you're like, yeah, because oh, she runs just died through. and came back. <laughs> and she falls down. Oh, my willow has to vomit up a snake over. for nothing. <laughs> Where'd the wounds on her face come from? I wondered that too. It's, maybe she to fell. Maybe she fell on the side. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never get old. You can only ever say it that way from now I mean, on. that's going, that has been the rule. Yeah. Ugh. And I love how this side is really what, like, connects all of them. And they're just sharing. Wait, it, there like, she is. There's Dawn. She was with Xander. Yes, Dawn yeah. coming through. With the innovativeness. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, no, they tried to make it seem like we might lose Xan. No! I'm sorry, that was really loud, everybody. That's (laughs) right when the Xan, like, the thing, like, slices Anya Uh, from, like, shoulder to side. And I'm like, no. One of the, uh, what are they called? I always forget their names. Oh, was it, oh, the the Bringers? yeah, the bringers. I keep wanting to call them the seekers. <laughs> I I want to call them the harbingers because I feel like that's what they were like. They were called some. They called something similar to that, and then they were the bringers. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So and Buffy's so laying on the ground, watching all of her like this. Mommy, this mortal wound is all itchy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the first comes to her in her own form, and it's like talking shit. It's like you came pretty close to smacking me down. What more do you want? But and every, I love this part. I love the scene. Buffy, you, y'all like every Get out season. Of my face. <laughs> it never fails. Buffy almost gets got, and they do something to piss her off, uh-huh. and that's what she needs to stand Don't up. Piss her off. Yeah. She's like, I want you to get out of my face, and she says it with such conviction. Like it's just. 
and then the music ramps up again. Mm -hmm. I love the background theme music to this episode. Some amazing score in this episode. They're all kicking ass left and right. Yes. I don't think Felicia I don't think Felicia Day does. Like she's no gaining popularity at this point. You don't cast her to kill her off. Old girl from Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> cast her to kill her off. She done like this. <laughs> Only the first episode. So that necklace that that was given to Spike like blows a hole through the ceiling and mm-hmm. it brings in the sunlight and it mm-hmm. charges. It's like channels the sunlight and it's going through and dusting all the Uber vamps yeah. so that all of our slayers are running out. Which is such a brilliant way for Joss and the Riders to ride in the ending because that saved them so much trouble than having to kick ass above hundreds and thousands of hordes of <laughs> Uber vamps. Yes because you're really thinking up to that point god how are they like my blood sugar would hit me at a certain point and i would not be able to fight anymore you know what i mean like how are they gonna fight all of these oh my god once again the school comes crumbling down that poor school (laughs) so it just got rebuilt we see that andrew lives they grab him as everyone's running out It's so grainy. Yes. Yes. Those those uh, daytime scenes are. Ro- oh, that oh, was a that was really hard to see. Did yeah. you see Xander in the background, like calling her name, looking, for, looking her. for her? Yeah, and Anya's just saying that. And they're just like, "Nope, she's dead, y'all." I'm like, "Come on." We're always being upset that she didn't make it out, and she's more of a fighter than Andrew. Mm-hmm. He's saying goodbye to Spike. She doesn't want to leave him, but he's like, I got this, babe. Oh, this is so beautiful. She holds his hand, and his hand catches fire. And he realizes, like, she's going to be there with him until the end. Mm -hmm. And she says, I love you. Oh, you don't, look. but thanks for saying it. Yeah. Uh, but this, uh, like, this look went on a little bit longer than I <laughs> would again, like to Yeah. But again, we've spent so much time. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got 42 minutes to wrap this up, people. Come mm-hmm. on. This would be so much more tragic if it wasn't for the fact that we know Spike comes back in Angel. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who have never seen Angel, who don't plan on watching Angel, or mildly interested in it, you'll see Spike in the last season. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's a spoiler. I feel like that was uh, on all the commercials. Oh, yeah. I don't think you can... I mean, these shows have been out for like 20 years. I dare I someone know. to tell me they got spoiled. <laughs> that spoiled for them. One time, Keenan and I were in line waiting to get into a movie one night, and uh, I I don't remember what movie it was, but while we were outside, like chit chatting, the people behind us were talking about another movie, and I think it was Seven. And Keenan, they were saying <gasps> something about how it ended, and Keenan was <gasps> like, 
I haven't seen it. Don't spoil it for me. And the lady was like, it came out seven years ago. <laughs> do you remember that, Keenan? <laughs> I do you know, I Sounds think like I've Keenan. only seen it maybe 10 years ago. And well, you definitely had not seen it at the time. Yeah, no. I was telling someone, and I say this pretty regularly. I don't who's the main person in seven? Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. Is that one of his movies? I think my answer for Brad Pitt movies is my same for Tom Cruise when I'm like, I've never seen this. Interview with a Ban- Isn't Brad Pitt in Interview with an Empire? Am I making that up? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So it's, it's like the same movie. Those are the only movies of theirs that I think I've ever really seen. Really? Oh, yeah. man. Uh, I don't have much for Tom Cruise, but Brad Pitt. Yes. Give me all the Brad Pitt. I mean, Brad Pitt and A River Runs Through It was the first boy that ever made me horny. And I was like eight. Okay. So, like, don't get me started on Thelma and Louise. The sex oh, my the God. Hotel room. Yes. As a child watching that, I had feelings I should not have been having. <laughs> I'm like this is why one. I'm gay. <laughs> right. That that scene is specifically why specific I'm gay. Specific reason I can pinpoint it down to the moment. So we missed this really awesome like Buffy was running across like rooftops until full, she hopped full on bus. Batman like but hopping. I feel like they were like, well, we had to make that scene with her and Spike linger because we didn't have the budget for her hopping across more buildings. Uh, and so we look back and the whole of Sunnydale is a crater yeah (laughs) and then the Sunnydale welcome to Sunnydale sign just falls into the crater (laughs) so funny and so this is where Andrew tells Xander that Anya died saving his life and that she was incredible and I didn't really think about it that way until he said that it's just like that's my girl always (laughs) doing the stupid thing Oh. Xander looks so badass and sexy with that that, with that eye patch. Uh, agreed. But he could love never, Xander. He could never be Principal Wood. Mm. I don't know. I he's got a pretty bad wound here. I'm like, isn't he basically gutted? <laughs> also, Faith's makeup looks really good for him. I know. Shit kicked out of her. Yeah, she Faith held it like, really well. It is like I'm a star now. I cannot have bruises on my face. <laughs> I know this is Sarah's show, but I'm doing my own things now. I've never noticed like Eliza has a a a, a dimple chin. Oh, let That's me see. So I've never cute. noticed that either. I've never noticed that. This professor Principal Wood is really hot. Mm-hmm. Do you watch Lucifer? Mm-mm. He's in Lucifer. He plays an angel named Demetadil, and he is often shirtless. But oh. he is not. Y'all, the the two thousands pants. Look at them. Look All at the two thousands pants. Sanders pants. Yes, literally every single one of them. That's so. three pairs of skinny jeans on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And I love how John is like, there's another Hellmouth in Cleveland. Like, Cleveland. <laughs> Which is also like a, a a joke that they mentioned at least once or twice. Yeah. It's so funny. Cap Starbucks is where it's at. Who will remember all those landmarks unless we tell the world about them? Uh, this just, is really such an iconic scene. Yes. 
Because Buffy says nothing. Faith said yo a lot. Can we just know that for a minute? She she was very Jesse Pinkman. Yo. I love how Faith and everybody's like, what are we going to do now, Buffy? And and Dawn's like, yeah, Buffy, what are we going to do now? Buffy's like, can it not always be up to me? Right. Okay, but she's like, can a bitch get a vacation? I'm going to go read. Y'all take care of yourselves (laughs) for a little bit. It ends with the camera panning on her and like her just smiling. No words. And I love that it's perfection. It really was a great, great, great episode. So good. You know, so when when I did my rewatch, I think I just so happened to look away, uh, from the camera when Anya died or from the screen when Anya died, which is good because I do not like that's something I just can't witness mm. too many times. Yeah, it's rough. It's, it's rough. rough. That was it. That's our episode, everybody. Oh, okay. So standout characters in this episode, guys. Um, Jessica, what we like to do after the end of an episode is talk about which characters stood out to us the most, like based on their actions or decisions, like ones we maybe related to the most. Um, so I'm going to let you go first since you're our guest. <laughs> I was just about to say, y'all go first. <laughs> no, I'm happy to go first. Um, Gosh, there's so many standout characters on the the season finale just because you're saying goodbye to people that you like a lot but I think I think I loved Willow the most in the way that Willow's story in a lot of ways was like more traumatic than a lot of other of the characters like she had a lot of really intense uh experiences and so I think when She went through her dark thing. We see her in season seven kind of re, re getting her footing. Like when you can, where you have to, after you've done something that's really bad, you'll have like a identity crisis about how it made you feel bad. And then you get into a space where you can build yourself back up. So getting to see her have, um, like a rebirth kind of at the end, like where she, she goes from having done something so dark that she completely withdraws from everything and everybody. And then we see her get to come full circle back to pure empowerment, pure, like force of good, pure, you know, just back on the right side with her dark side still inside of her. So that is what was most powerful to me about that. Or at least as far as like characters in that one, I'd have to say Willow. I love Rebirth. Uh, I'm like, I've never thought about it, by the way, but that's absolutely what that yeah. was. Yeah. Mm. Keenan, what about you? So, I'm I'm gonna do, this is the last episode, I probably should have done this many episodes ago, but I'm not gonna pick Buffy, because it's her show and clearly she mm-hmm. was running shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those same reasons with Willow, I would have to say Spike. He goes through so many changes, and truly getting a soul and is reborn into this new man. He is not William that he was before he was a vampire. He's not Spike anymore. He's someone that is striving to be the best man possible. And we see that after he is like deprogrammed from the first and he shows remorse for all those people that he murdered after he got his soul back. And part of me wants to feel 
like, okay, when Spike did what he did to Buffy, when he did that very violent assault, he didn't have a soul. And so it's like, can we forgive him for that if we know now that he has a soul? I don't know what the answer to that is, but it feels it feels like they wanted us to forgive him and they wanted us to see him become the champion that he needed to be to help save the day. I don't know that I agree that they want us to forgive him necessarily. Okay. I don't know. I think you're you're absolutely right that Spike does get like a full, like he gets a full grown growing, like he grew into an adult, which mm-hmm. we meet all these people in high school and, you know, we see them become like young adults. But when you meet Spike, he's like just <laughs> this violent, like angry little punk. Right. And then, Everything happens. But what my thought is with the assault, it's kind of similar to Willow having to um, learn how to love herself again after she committed a murder. Can you be redeemed when you do something so irrevocably awful to someone? Can you be redeemed? You might not ever be able to be redeemed with that person, but are you going to be able to carry your head forward, you know, on the day after or whatever. And I think that he does such a good job of like giving stories to those like very human psyche things. Like when Buffy at the very end says to her, like the, the mirror version of her as the first. And she's like, I want you to get out of my face. And we talked about how forcefully she said, I want you to get out of my face. Like to me, that was her talking to her anxiety, her talking to her fear, her saying like, you get out of my way. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I think that Spike had like a similar, or I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. But what I'm trying to get at is that rather than forgive Spike, he's kind of asking the question, like, can you be redeemed when you do something like this? And in the case of Buffy and Spike, it seemed like they had to work that out themselves. You know, I I feel like there was a little bit of a like larger commentary that he might have been trying to hit on. And I don't know that I love what he did with it but am i making any sense or am i just no no i'm totally there 100 percent. like again when you have a character do something so horrible it's like i don't know i mean that's (laughs) the thing yeah but i yeah i do we get is he redeemed in your eyes like Mm. Did he, did you get, did you lose respect for him when he did that to Buffy? And did you get it back for him? Like as a character, I don't, I never recovered from that. Uh, but you know, obviously she did. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's interesting is like, and I wonder if, if that's what they, they were hoping would happen was that it would give us as viewers a little bit more peace and seeing how in the end, Buffy and Spike did find a way to work it out and then work together for the betterment of the world to save it. And um, and in Spike, even his also, like, he acknowledges it in season seven, like, that awful, I forgot exactly what his words were, but that awful thing I did to you or something like that, where he, he I think there was some shame there too on his part. Uh, yeah. He did have a, a soul then at that point, and I think he looked at that with shame and Buffy it was almost something that she didn't even want to like acknowledge or speak speak about really 
In the beginning of season seven, when Spike is all like loony, like when he's being tortured by the fact that he's just got his soul back and all of the the ghosts of people that he killed is visiting him. That's when he, when Buffy sees him one day, he starts mumbling to her like, Spike hurt the girl. Spike don't want to hurt the girl. Like he's he's like mm-hmm. trying to to grapple with it, like early on in the season. But I, I just think that was such a kind of the show. You, you it to me it like derailed the show a little bit. The rape scene, <laughs> like it was like maybe back then, twenty years ago, it wouldn't have had that effect on me. But now it's like hard to just like I don't know. I don't know. I really am rambling now. Cut that, please. <laughs> no, no, I totally, I feel like it's very yeah. relatable in that sense. Yeah, totally get everything. Well, season six was just rough altogether. <laughs> yeah, in the in the same way that like life is rough. And that's what's beautiful about the show, especially the, the way they explore the darker elements of human nature, human behavior. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can only safely explore it through like these demons and things like that. So I don't know. Who was your favorite from this show well i episode I, can i be greedy and pick two <laughs> of course um so and they might be a little unexpected but um one and i'm picking them for similar reasons but one um faith because um and we see a little bit more leadership from her in the previous mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. and it didn't end so great but um i love I love that dynamic between she and Buffy now at this point and also the maturity with, with Faith and the, the full-on redemption story that she's gotten. I, I think they did that character so so much justice, bringing her back and, um, and, and letting, um, letting her make better decisions and, 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 and not just following Buffy with Grace, but also leading when she had to um and i mean i'm just i'm like oh because i always felt like faith deserved so much better than what she got like in, in the earlier seasons and so i'm glad that we got that from her and now her her being a part of the gang in a way she's never been before and and standing by them and fighting for the good as something she wouldn't have done before really uh because she was doing it selflessly now at this point um so I love how we see a, an, a, an opposite of Faith from what we knew earlier on. And also Anya, for the same reason. Because Anya was not sticking around for an apocalypse a few seasons back. Okay, <laughs> sure. you recall, like, in season three and four, like, she, she was going to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, <laughs> and now we see her, like, she ends swinging a sword. Saving yes. a little a little sad Andrew huddling in a corner, you know, like... Uh, she she died a hero, and and Faith became the redemptive like leader that she needed to become, and I loved those arcs. Yeah. yeah, I also love that Buffy finally had to like step down from this like isolation that she kept herself on of like being the only one who could you know really change things. She has to accept that like no, you need help and support. And I I don't know. I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a few seasons ago, she was fully threatened by the idea of sharing the the role with Faith. I I just I love I love the growth of their relationship. Yeah, it really becomes yeah. a partnership. I think by the yeah, end. 
like a sisterhood. What yeah. do y'all think? What so this just wrapped up Buffy's Buffy's storyline. What do you how do you think he did like with the character of Buffy Summers? Like overall we love her. She's a superhero. But like how at the last of it, how do you think he did wrapping it up with her? Good question. Mm. How do I feel about Buffy where she is at the end of the show? Yeah. I feel like just from the look on her face after that fight, everyone's asking her questions, what's next, what's next? And she is reflecting on, on the crater that is Sunnydale. And I feel, I feel like for the first time since she has been back from heaven and for the first time since she's been on earth in general, she was at peace. Hmm. Yeah, I could, I totally bet. And I also too... I, and I'm I, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think that for me, it was when the beauty of the speech that she gives earlier in this episode, where she she's like, it's it's like I'm cookie dough. I'm not done baking yet. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna become or something like that. And I love that speech because it is so relatable. And I think so many of us, like as young adults in our 20s, as she was, we forget that she was that young. You know, she was mm-hmm. early 20s. So many of us were not, like, we were barely out of our parents' house or we were, like, like struggling through college or whatever, or jobs or whatever it is. Much like, she's saving the world, you know? So it's like, it's so interesting. We so yeah. often forget how old or how young she was. Yeah. But, um when she gives that speech, I'm like, God, yes, I feel that way. And I love that she just admits it. She owns and accepts like, I don't know who or what I'm going to become. I'm, I'm not done big. And I know a lot of that she was talking about like outside of being the slayer, maybe as a, a human, which we never really get to see or hear much from her about. Because yeah. she's, because she's been forced to do this work, right? Like she's right. been like, she hasn't been able to to have a life because I mean, you know, this work was her life. Right. Right. And I don't know. I just love to think about like what she did to chill. She probably does not know how to chill. She probably <laughs> oh, like God, no. went on vacation and like three hours in and one pina colada. And she was like, you know, I'm really bored and uh, let's go find something to kill. <laughs> no, with, with Buffy's luck, she went on vacation. She was somewhere. They're ready to have drinks. And some shit goes down and that they have to go sort out. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are there <laughs> vampires here too? Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but conveniently, like one of the na- the island natives is like a, a slayer, like a potential who became a slayer. And, and so she jumps in and helps her. Yeah. And they partner together and they're kicking like. You know what? You know what? I don't know why I'm picturing this island like Hawaii or like. Oh, you know, no. You know what? Because she's, she's, it's, it's Kendra's cousin. She's wherever <gasps> Kendra's from. Not Kendra's boom. cousin. Boom. Or what boom. if Kendra boom. has a younger sister? <gasps> oh, Kendra, yeah. Kendra deserved more. <laughs> Kendra <laughs> deserves so much. <laughs> Can we talk about how fucked up? Like, that was, like, Keeney and I talk about it all the time. Like, we were so salty to this day about, <laughs> about that ending. <laughs> so rough. Episode. I love this, this episode. The finale always gives me such... Mm-hmm. like energy and just empowerment i've told keenan this before like i when i am feeling like at my lowest in life and so depressed i always turn on 
the the last episode of Buffy to watch when I need some, you know, empowerment and it does it for me every time. That that last fight scene, uh, it just sometimes it's just what you need. I mean that that's so powerful that that it moves you like that. I love that. Keenan, do you rewatch the finale a lot? I watch a lot of season three. Season three, yeah. I think, is my favorite, and there there are some things. I mean, season three is very depressing, <laughs> um, but I love it. I love it. Do Keenan? Do you know any random facts about this episode? Any fun facts? Oh, I. Don't Let me do a quick Google. I I don't know that it's a fun fact, but I think I've read at some point, and I feel like this is probably throwing Sarah under the bus. But like, I think I recall reading that they they would have probably continued Buffy, but Sarah was not on board. Okay, yes, this that's true. I think about this all the time. I don't know why, but probably because I have too much affection for Willow. But Allison Hannigan was furious with Sarah Michelle Gellar and like went on record. Uh, I remember it being in like the newspaper that she was like, because she found out like secondhand that the show was getting canceled. Mm. She was like, wow, it really would have been nice to know that we were going to be unemployed next year. And there was like a little bit of like. Now I feel like I might be lying. <laughs> I'm worried about getting canceled. Let me verify this. What if Jess just creating like bad energy between no, Sarah no. and Allison? <laughs> no, that really did happen. Do you remember that, Keenan? I don't remember that, but I don't. I you know, I don't. I don't not believe it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I can easily see that being the case. I can. I know with a lot of shows like this that the lead is normally the one that's going to dictate as to whether or not they continue when it's up in the air, like when everyone's contract is out. That the lead is like, no, I'm good. Yeah, that is. Y'all, this is interesting. It says, this was just like three days ago. Why Buffy the Vampire Slayer's finale is still incredibly controversial today. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll through this while y'all talk, and if there's anything worth mentioning, I'm gonna say it. Right. So I do. I we we know that Sarah was ready to launch her film career. I mean, not launch, but you know, like really focus on movies. Yeah, and like, that was one of the reasons I think she wanted to leave the show because she had been associated with this character for so long yeah. that that's how people really She needed saw to her. start her illustrious movie career as Daphne. <laughs> she recorded that while this came out, right? <laughs> it's the timing seems to line up cuz I think I was working at the movie theater uh whenever the scooby-doo movies came out i think it was 2002 is when the first one came out I so was they were probably in like season six at that so point. this this episode this thing is all about consent we're not the only people that clocked that this was weird oh yeah that and that's a huge i think that's one of the bigger issues with season six yeah they 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 there definitely could have been another way to do that. And I, I don't think... I, I'm sure that Joss still gets, like, some side-eye for that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, really? On Buffy? Like... Yeah. 
do we remember i mean not that it really matters but like what was going on with spike at the time he was just trying to keep her in the relationship and she was trying to leave i think that's when she was like it's over yeah and he just wouldn't take no for an answer i guess gross toxic boyfriend Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm we gotta wonder what uh, Joss Whedon's got going on in that uh, brain. That <laughs> well, I feel like that had to no, no, because this happened a couple of years. So, like in 2017, his ex-wife wrote this op-ed about him and what? how he's it not, was not flattering, <laughs> not at all. And it was like, oh no, like he creates all these powerful female characters, so everyone thinks he's very like super feminist but wow. that is not the case and and there are there were a couple of things about so <sighs> the guy that played cyborg on the justice league movie has recently come out about mistreatment on the set of justice league that came out in 2017 uh joss whedon stepped in when Zack snyder stepped away and so Joss Whedon redid a lot of shit, and evidently he was an asshole. And there were complaints about it, and nothing was done. Well, around that time, this op-ed had also come out, and she talked about all sorts of things that he did. I think he was actually cheating on her, or per the article, I don't know if it's true. All allegedly. Uh, all alleged, <laughs> yes. Do not sue me. I'm just... I'm sharing tea. I'm not confirming anything. Does <laughs> this that, is what the internet says. But, does so that change your like perceptions of the show at all when it, you all hear nasty stuff about Whedon? I think all that came out when we officially started the show. So there were definitely some directions like with Xander's character in particular that we would kind of be like, oh, he's being such a fucking dude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Xander, I think there was a young Xander did a lot of toxic shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys but, know that we didn't fired Charisma Carpenter when she got pregnant on the set mm-hmm. of Angel. Like I that, read that. Yeah. Well, that, so Charisma's been talking too. about it for years, like mm-hmm. since then. So when Ray Fisher came out about his Justice League stuff, like they were like, "Oh, here's another one for the books," and. Um, uh, it, it bothers me. I hate it. There's a specific scene that I think Gal Gadot doesn't like in that Justice League movie. It's like, at some point in time, the Flash falls on top of her. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really uncomfortable for her. She didn't like it. And I was reading an article, and they're like, notice, there are a lot of fight scenes on Buffy where the bad guy ends up on top of her. And it looks very Dark. inappropriate. Yeah, and I'm like, a lot. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> Joss, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> well, we we could go on for for hours and days about what could possibly be going on in his head, but I think one of the most interesting things about Buffy is the fate of the world rests on that one child, like, and that is still something that we do to kids. We like expect them to fix everybody's problems. So I don't know if that's what he was going for when he started the show or anything like that, but yeah, yeah, maybe he had you know parents in his. I don't know him. I'm not in his brain. I'm so I disappointed. Think- hearing all that made it made 
like changed my uh, my experience like enjoying his stuff I, I don't know like remember when we were talking about whether or not you can be redeemed there's this whole yeah. thing about separating the art from the artist mm-hmm. you know not taking things personally against you if it didn't happen to you like there's all sorts of like dimensions to it but like I'm not good at it I have a hard time separating it because I feel like if you're a dark person yes your art can help you like write you can write yourself out of that or create yourself out of it, but you're also coping with your art. And sometimes you're coping in a really dark way. So it can come out like, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I think for me, it depends on the art and the impact it's made for me and how it exists in my life, because I have such a bond and a tie to, to the story, to this character, the story of Buffy. It meant so much to me, like growing up, for all the reasons and mm-hmm. that I've talked about before on the podcast. And uh, to me, the world and her exists separately from Joss. Even though I know it's his baby, I I choose to allow it to exist purely and separately. But yeah. but then you have situations like Chris Brown and, and all of his <laughs> awfulness and the yeah. things he's done. And I don't, I no longer really enjoy his music. I don't have any interest in listening to his music after all that came out with Rihanna. I just, it makes me feel icky when I hear it. I, you know, so it's interesting, but I, it, his music never had the impact on me the way Buffy did. So maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and also he didn't uh, beat the shit out of Rihanna and like bite her lip. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I often think about this too. So many television shows from like, our development age from like our the era where we're we're watching shows and we're seeing how relationships happen they glorify these toxic relationships and i think that has a lot when you start finding all these skeletons in people's closets or you you're learning more about these people that have done horrible things or they may not have a certain belief system that we thought they had. Totally. Like, is that influencing the way people feel like relationships should go? Like, I've been <laughs> hate <laughs> rage watching Vampire Diaries because I'm like, I want to get to the end of the series because I truly forgot how it ended when Jonah was like, oh no, this person was in the series finale. And I was like, oh, I definitely did not think they came back. So I've been raised watching it and there's every relationship on that fucking show is toxic. (laughs) (laughs) Like every fucking relationship is toxic as fuck. And it's like, but they are glorified and it's like that. Well, all of those CW shows or the throwback WB shows and a lot of like your Foxes wasn't, was the OC on Fox? Mm, I think it's on MTV. WB, right? I don't know. I I thought One Tree Hill was WB and OC was Fox, but I, I thought could they were be... all the same. Oh, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, I didn't but, watch. But <laughs> I didn't watch either one of them when they were airing. I did watch One Tree Hill on like Netflix a few years ago. But uh, anyway, like all those shows were just like, oh no, it's it's perfectly okay for you to be like, you know still be in love with this person but you are i don't know these shows are just 
they're horrible blueprints <laughs> for her relationships. Yeah. And uh Or they show they, what's already like deeply ingrained in our, you know, how we behave with each other. Mm-hmm. Like to Jonah's point, um the the show Buffy when he experienced it in his life and going forward has meant so much to him that he, Mm -hmm. it hasn't affected him to hear the stuff about like Joss Whedon. And he said, because it's so dear to his heart. And I think if you think about how powerful that is, even if Joss Whedon is a bad guy, like somewhere he's trying to make this like empowering art, you know, he's trying, I guess. That's that's really all you can ask from people these days. Are they trying to not be awful? (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you actively awful or are you trying not to be actively awful? Passive awful, I will work on. Actively awful, you have to go. (laughs) You are canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, okay. So we like to talk about current TV, like what we like, what we are currently watching um, or streaming or binging or whatever at the end of episodes. Uh, Jessica, do you have any current TV you're into? Yes. Well, I, it's not current because I have been at home with a three and a six year old for a year. So I've only been watching like Sesame street with them, but um <laughs> There is a show that I love called Crazy Ex-Girlfriends, and it's on Netflix. Um, it m- probably means as much to me as, like, Buffy would have when I was younger, because it's just so on the nose about so many things that I'm going through in my own life. But it just hits at all the things for me. It's a musical. It's done by this team of, like, women writers and just Rachel Bloom, the the main actress I, I don't, i'm like in love with her i love her so much so yeah i watch crazy eggs girlfriend the pilot like you said that you sometimes put the series finale of buffy on when you need to feel like a bit of empowerment i watch the pilot episode of crazy Ex girlfriend like anytime i just want to feel the magic of like like musical theater even though it's a tv show Mm -hmm. there's just something so powerful about that for me so i watch it over and over and over like oh i just love it it's so good i love that show jess have you been watching zoe's extraordinary playlist no i haven't it's okay you i feel like you will love it it to me is like the next natural progression from Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Really? Okay, I'm gonna yeah, check it out. One but, of the actors too, right? From Oh yeah, Skylar. That's Skylar Ashton. Yeah, Skylar Ashton. The the one who came in to play Greg in season four. Yes. Yes. I yeah. prefer season one Greg, but whatever. I, I you know I never I never bother to look up the names, and I just. I it was one of those sitcom things where they're like, "Oh, you look a little different," you know, like where you clearly realize it was a different person. But I spent that entire season going, "Is that the same guy?" Like they're <laughs> making that sitcom joke, but I just I was not bothered to look it up. I was like, "Okay, well here we go. Let's rock and roll." And I I, I love that show. Jonah, did you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I can't remember. I, I didn't, but you told me about it one day. And I was like, because I, I was talking about how much I love Zoe's, which is so such an anomaly for me, because I, unpopular opinion, do not like musicals. He doesn't like a musical, Jess. And hey, that's... I, I didn't love... You are lost, episodes. dude. 
<laughs> I, I didn't love the musical episode of Buffy either, but I have come to appreciate it more now. And, and especially with Zoe's, when I found Zoe's, I mean, that's essentially a musical show. It's not all musical. There's a lot of like, you know, true like dialogue and acting and all that kind of stuff in it that, you know, so is crazy ex-girlfriend that's what keenan was saying he said it was really similar but it's also like unique and original and it's on right and so yes. i was i was my interest was peaked for sure so with with zoe's you may like the fact that it is like popular music that is redone with zoe i mean with uh crazy ex-girlfriend it's all original stuff but the topics of the songs are so funny and on the nose for whatever they're discussing in the episode. Like, there's a character who realizes that he's bi, and so there's a song called It's Great to Be Bi. I'm getting, getting bi. <laughs> it's so good, Jonah. It's so good. It really is such and a good show. It's also it one of those shows that has, you know, like, it's it's pretty diverse cast. There are queer characters in the show. The people um, look normal for the most part. Like, they look like regular people. Rachel Bloom especially is, like, very, you know, open about how difficult it is to be a woman uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a good one. I definitely recommend that show. So if you don't like musicals, how was Once More with Feeling for you? Um, well, at the time, when I was younger, I was extremely not into musicals. <laughs> so I, I just, it was just kind of one of those, it was just a chore for me to watch. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah, I definitely watched it. I just, I didn't love it. And I, it wasn't one I really rewatched. Uh, much I uh, but but since then I've really come to appreciate it as a work of art I think and a massive and also there is story good storytelling in it as well mm-hmm. um, I, I think I think it was a uh, part of it was also uh, there was some cringiness to how they put a, a lot of these people who clearly weren't singers like <laughs> they forced them to sing and I'm like it's not good <laughs> i think i think the only ones who were just like i will not fucking sing was uh allison hannigan and there may be like one or two lines through the whole musical episode where she like talk sings i never <laughs> noticed that she really I, doesn't sing though she yeah she i was, didn't know that one. i didn't know that he like I, I this sounds so stupid i guess i assume they had stand-in actors or something but i didn't know he like made them sing when they didn't want to i am fairly positive everyone sang i'm fairly I mean, positive that everyone. right there is a consent yeah. issue like i'm not a singer my friends <laughs> like you hired me to act <laughs> yeah and i read that so many of them were terrified of that they were so just sick with like fear about it because they knew they weren't saying i think sarah probably I- was one of them you know, yeah, I remember I remember people being pissed about it too, but I I I don't think that really carried through into the actual episode because it's such a good one. Yeah, like and as a musical, it's great. Like the it's, songs, I think yeah. about them all the time. It's, it is really catchy songs. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite episodes, and it sets up everything for my favorite episode of that season, which is Tabula Rasa. And, yeah, and uh, I which is that's such a good season. Mentioned. Um, I might watch season like five, six and finish season season seven because I tried to watch all of season seven before um, I came on y'all's show and I got through like three and then that coup happened 
the Kuda Na. <laughs> I finally posted it on, on some comment. Somebody posted something about it, and I was like, "Oh, I like to call it the coup de nah. And <laughs> they gave me like a laughing, a, 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 like a laughing reaction to it. And I was like, "Thanks for the laugh. I've been workshopping that joke." <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Coup de nah. is a good one. Love it. Love it. That was uh, upsetting. <laughs> it was just upsetting every time i see something else about it like I'm, and it's just never it's just never ending i keep seeing like why are you doing <gasps> anyway yeah Hell okay. they, they will I'm... they will never prosecute as many of the people from that as they did from the black lives matter protest that's what's so frustrating that is and what's it's so, frustrating. so annoying that the way it's like playing out in the media like when you do catch a small glimpse of one of those pieces that they're prosecuting someone like it doesn't play out. Like all of those people should be getting a at least ten years in prison. Dude, we know what would have happened if that crowd had been anybody but a bunch of fucking rednecks with those flags. But you know they, what's really sad is that those weren't hillbillies or rednecks. That's like the rhetoric that, like, that's the joke that we like to make. No, These I know like that pro- they were yeah. wealthy. I know that yeah. they're like. I'm saying that like. There, you can't have looked at that and not noticed an abundance of bills in that oh. crowd, Keenan. Bill, Tim's, and Bob's. <laughs> there was. I'm not saying that these are sad, poor, little, misunderstood. Like, not trying to pin this on like uh, hillbillies oh, at all. Yeah. I'm saying that. Um. Well, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> no, but no, you <laughs> are right. You are right. It, it it is not like it isn't just the hillbillies that's the rhetoric i feel like people are playing up well these are attorneys and fucking teachers and professionals and shit and they are well maybe they i don't know if they're attorneys and teachers on their side but they're definitely like um you know cops uh Mm -hmm. ex-military there was a lot of ex-military there yeah um just yeah yeah, no, it, it it's sad. It's absolutely pathetic, and and that is what we in two thousand fucking twenty one are having to deal with during a pandemic. Is a bunch of white people complaining that 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 they have to fucking wear masks? Not even complaining. Look what they're doing. They're out here actually killing it's, people. It's, like it is I'm, so frustrating. I I I'm sorry I even brought it up, Keenan. No, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Keenan's having I'm a like, physical reaction. Oh, <laughs> I, I was worried about being on your show because I'm feeling like such a downer lately. I'm just like, everything I say is so buzzkill. No. no, we live in buzzkill But no, right like now. this is, we do like, I think it's interesting with what we do with the podcast, especially if there's something going on during current times so we can be like this fucking time we're living in right now. Like we definitely to call it out and i think that if there are five people that listen to our podcast like they should definitely know how we feel about things and and because if you don't agree with us i don't you know what i'm not making this podcast for you so uh-huh. please unsubscribe if you, you think know those people were right we all could take a lesson from the series finale of buffy right now everybody in the united states especially like regular white people have 
an opportunity right now to really like dig in and do something differently, but it would require screaming, get out of my face to like a thousand different anxious fears just floating at you at all times. But that's the only way out is to scream and say, I'm done with this and fight it. If we keep just like backing away and like slowly, like, you know, trying to do little bits and pieces I don't know. We all need to take a lesson from Buffy and get a skyph and split the first up the balls with it. Yeah. Yes, tank to top. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the name of this episode. Tank, <laughs> tank to, to top. top. <laughs> yes. But to also bring like bring relevance to the political conversation in, in reference to Buffy, like, it, you know, in the penultimate episode, they did stage a coup de <laughs> Yeah, if you recall, with like Faith and that like, kicking Buffy out of the house. So what? They, yes, they're all <laughs> coup de and Buffy, Buffy was like back. went down the sleep the street and she was like, "I'm just gonna mope in this house for <laughs> this random house." She right, kicked a guy out the of dude the out. <laughs> Uh, you can, of all the empty houses, you can find another one where someone didn't already like. What? And then she was like, "I was kicked out of my house, so I guess it's the thing all the young people are doing." <laughs> Maybe she didn't say it like that, but that's how she said it. Oh my god, the privilege was just yeah, because so it was an older black man. Uh, I was so like, Fuck. It did not, that did not age well. Nope. <laughs> Okay, Keenan, what is the current TV you're watching? Oh my gosh. Okay, so what am I, you know, a lot of my shows are back on the air, and the new Batwoman has really, like, it just, mm. it just warms my heart so much, um, and I've cried. There were some things that I was just like, okay, well, this was a little choppy, but they had to introduce, introduce this character and, and, like, get rolling with the show. You know me, my suspension of disbelief is pretty strong. I'm pretty much gonna head game and like headcanon anything and move on with my life. And I really like this new Batwoman. She's so good. So I'm I'm excited to see how this series is gonna go. The big question was, okay, they're creating this new character, they're not recasting the like Kate Kane character. So how are we going to relate them back to this whole cast that we've spent a season building a relationship with? And they did that. It was a little choppy, but they made it work so that this person is now has a reason to interact with all these people that come from season one. So I'm excited. What's it called? Batwoman? Batwoman. So the first season had Ruby Rose, um, who was cast as uh, that titular character, who in the comic books, the character's name is Kate Kane. She's Bruce Wayne's cousin. And so there's a period where Bruce Wayne like disappears. He like fucks off. Like I gotta, I gotta get my life together. And Batwoman steps in, or Kate Kane comes in, and she takes the mantle as Batwoman. They like redo her costume. She's Jewish, so they put all these like really awesome red accents because it's like a Jewish colorful war or something. I, please do not cancel me if I get that wrong. But that's that's all of the explanation that They're I can remember. But she also had this very beautiful like red wig uh, yeah. that was a part of the costume. So she has, she quit, like, at the end of season one, Ruby Rose quit the show. She had... Ruby Rose has too many stunts for me. I'm out. She, like, almost broke. She was almost paralyzed from she a really stunt. She really injured herself. Really. Yeah. Um, there, there were, so she, she left the show. And so there was a big question of, like, should we just recast Kate Kane 
which, you know, as they did with, like, that Greg character where they would have made the joke, like, you look a little different, and then move on with your life. But instead, they killed her. (laughs) Well, they killed her. It was off, it was like a, a off screen death where a body was not found. So in CW, that means, oh, she's coming back three or four seasons. Uh, later. Okay. Uh, so they created a new character named Ryan Wilder, which is a horrible name, but she is a black woman and she's just a black, uh, I don't know if the character is a lesbian or if the character is bisexual, but the other big part of Batwoman is that she is a lesbian. Like from the comics, this is a lesbian character. They made sure to bring it into the show. And so they wanted to make sure not only did the new character remain queer, but that they cast a queer actress. So um, I believe Javisha Leslie is bisexual. Oh. And so oh, they're going to add this, beautiful, like she's going to keep the red wig on, but they're going to make it a natural look. So she's going to have these beautiful curly locks on her wig. I mean, on her, on her cowl. And I'm, probably gonna weep when i see it <laughs> <laughs> but it i've i've been i've enjoyed it like it's two episodes in i'm there for it so yeah i think that's probably what i've been most excited about coming back on so that's what i'm going to talk about jonah what are you watching uh i am i'm speaking of zoe's that's returned so i've been watching Mm -hmm. that and i'm enjoying the second season it's really different from the first season um and i um i'm i'm here for it i i love the music just as much as before and all the numbers uh i just it's just like such good heart-filled content that i Mm -hmm. need every week i'm like that show really saved me during the pandemic. I'm I'm not gonna lie, because it, it, it came it came on at the top of the pandemic. Yes, and it was airing through. It continued to air consistently while all the other shows of ours were being canceled or uh, uh, put on pause. This show was still running, and I have to tell you, it really kept me afloat mm-hmm. mentally. Um, and so I think it's another one of those shows I've just really like I've grown, I got emotionally to. connected. Yes, to. and I'm like. Even if it's even if the second season turns out not to be as good as the first season, I'm like I'm here for it until the very end. I hope it lasts, yeah, know, continues to go. But uh, yeah, that and then also WandaVision has been a pleasant yes. surprise for me. I was super psyched about it, and you were on the fence. I'm so I glad. Was, you know, I was really like I was like I don't want to be watching. <laughs> Wanda yeah. Maximoff and and Vision doing like a weird sitcom thing. I don't. I didn't even like Bewitched that much. You know, like but. It's so not what I thought, and it it's yeah. really more on par with what you were saying it would mm-hmm. be. And, uh, I think but, we cut all of that out of the previous episode, or it was either like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think we were talking about it in the last episode, and then I was like, I'm gonna cut out a ch- like we'll do like the top of why you love Wanda, and then there was yeah. a whole like ten minute conversation <laughs> about me ranting <laughs> about why I did not want this show, right. and then and me I going was, <laughs> and me very like defensively going. Well, have you watched the previews? Because yeah. <laughs> like, do you know the comic book story? Like, and I was like, and okay, as someone like Keena does not like what I am saying right now. I I do not. And as I've said many times, I am not a comic book reader. I've not read these comics, but I listen to a lot of podcasts about these characters and about these storylines. And I've like read synopses online, and 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 I'll watch like YouTube videos and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, so I am 
familiar with the plot lines, but I don't know all the details. Mm-hmm. And and um, there's a comic book storyline where something happens. Wanda gets pissed off, and she yells, "No more mutants!" And there are no more mutants in the in the Marvel universe. And so I always felt like they're going to use this show to introduce the concept of that storyline. And by the end of this show, there will be mutants in the Marvel universe. Well, I'm really interested in the, the theory, like this theory of what villain they are, what big bad villain they're now facing. And uh, they like the theories are that it's going to be, what's his name? Moose, Moose stuff. Mordo. No, it's the devil. It's the Marvel. Oh, Mephisto. Uh, is it? It's not Mephistopheles. Mephisto. Mephisto. That's Mephisto. Is that? Is like, he, is he is Italian? The, he's the the devil. <laughs> he's the devil of the Marvel universe. It's Mephisto. Yeah. And I'm like, I, from what I'm hearing and seeing about that character, I'm like, oh, I am really intrigued. I want to see this character, yeah. this villain on screen, because he, yeah. So Gary. there was one of one of the podcasts I listened to were saying that when you've seen the most recent episode, yes. So like, there's a a stork. No, not well. This was would have been from last week. The the stork that was like walking around the house yeah, that yeah. she kept trying to make disappear, and it was like puffs of red smoke. Yeah, they were like, well, Wanda isn't the only one who may have energy that manifests like red. That could have been <gasps> manifesto. Yes. So, so um, I'm just if if you want like something like different, I would say watch it. Did you like old sitcoms like the Mary Tyler Moore's and Dick Van Dyke's and Bewitched and stuff like that? Brady Bunch. Um, my mom was a big Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, Dick Van Dyke person. So I wouldn't say they're my favorite, but I I did love Mary Tyler Moore. So. The first couple of episodes of the show are like they're set up to be like a black and white series. So where in my mind I equate them to older bewitched episodes, which I loved as a kid. Um, They people have said the first episode was supposed to be very like Bob Newhart, and the second second episode was supposed to be very like not Bob Newhart but Dick Van Dyke, and then the second episode was supposed to be more bewitched. But in my mind, I'm like it's all bewitched to me. Yeah. Uh, But the acting, (laughs) to me, the acting in those episodes are very similar to to lines in the way the characters would behave in those shows. Yes, and it's very well done. The like um, Elizabeth Olsen in particular delivers her lines so well to me. Of Mary Kate, wait, no, yeah, well, I've recently discovered that like. Jonah has recently informed me. Yes, they are. She is their sister. So she really, is their, Elizabeth Olsen is the younger sister to Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Oh my God! Can you imagine yeah. getting so to like? Because she's so much taller than them. <laughs> I mean, like my little sisters are built. I mean, my older sisters are billionaires. Uh, Sorry, my, I don't know why I'm impressed with that. My sister, <laughs> older sisters have worked essentially their entire seriously uh, young life. From the time they were fucking toddlers, probably up until they turned 18. I wonder how well, often she gets asked about them in the interview. Probably. So if WandaVision kind of, like, it kind of, like, throws back to to other shows and kind of goes into their style a little bit. Is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? Yes. 
so the third episode is very like it's very uh brady bunchy uh-huh. i think cool. even down to the layout of the house right like yes it, like the the house is the house also changes a little bit with each episode because every episode represents a different sort of um like old tv show theme i guess and then the house has these subtle changes along with it to represent that particular like show from ages ago um i'm interested to see what they come up with next because we, we've gotten up through the 70s at this point so i guess the 80s would be the 80s mm-hmm. like i'm gonna watch that i think the when 90s yeah i yeah. think when they get to the 90s it's supposed to be very roseanne i feel i feel like that's there was a period where they were like where vision was in blue jeans and flannel mm-hmm. and it was almost like a john goodman reference Interesting. See, now that's my kind of sitcom. I loved some Roseanne. I loved Family Matters. I loved Fresh Prince. Let's see. The 90s. They did it. The 90s did a great step job. By step. Step, uh, by step. step by step. Step by step. Ooh, baby. Day. I oh, wait. have the When I get <laughs> to oh. you, girl. Hey, <laughs> me kids on the block. I do that a lot, Jonah. I, I misreference things. <laughs> like merge multiple songs and remake them. Gotcha, gotcha. Same. I um I remember I used to have a huge crush on Cody, the dumb. Cousin. Oh my god! Yes. Was yes. Sasha? Sasha. <clears throat> I don't remember, but he was hot for sure. Also, very dumb. Why were we so into that dumb hot guy? Because that's real life very culture. problematic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't remember the show. No, what happened? He, I think he was in a lot of legal trouble for. Oh God, I'm not. No, I no, 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 no. I remember. I vaguely remember my mom going, "Oh, that kid from Step by Step did something like maybe." Wasn't it like a was it like domestic domestic abuse? Yeah, I thought it was domestic abuse. Well, also JT on that show was involved in a drive-by shooting. Shut up! Yeah, he was shot. While he was on the show, and uh, but he survived. Yeah. Wow. There's a I I love watching the old you know like MTV VH1 all those like yeah. biography all those like kind of shows where they do specials on like what happened to your favorite ninety sitcoms or whatever shows mm-hmm. and, and they do they cover it and I think I heard it or read it in somewhere. Um, it was really interesting some of the things that come out <laughs> what are some of your other favorite shows besides Buffy Jonah oh so many well I was a big charm fan back in the day but I don't like it as much so Keenan and I always go back and forth <laughs> that's another Keenan was a like, charmed original he is not charm- oh, coming yeah. off of that charm no nope. nope. like I I it's one of those shows for me I like it less and less as I get older and I watch it I'm like it I can't but um but Keenan's still very much like loyal yeah. to a fault with it. I've, so I, it's one of those yeah. things. Loyal to a fault. But you know, I feel like I've always said that as a true fan of something, you have to be able to like embrace mm-hmm. its faults as well as like love like its highs, but respect its lows. And let's admit it, like Charm did not have a good budget. Listen, <laughs> the writing all... was not always there. But it was fucking entertaining, and it was a good time. We've seen yeah. the episodes of Golden Girls where they literally just did flashbacks to other episodes. <laughs> they were like, they we got that off as their whole episode. <laughs> the yeah. writing team was like, we got nothing. 
But we <laughs> decided to here. write, we found like 10 episodes that we thought would be a great plot, like be able to tie back to this. And what so I'm saying is it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So many so, shows. Yeah. But Charmed, Charmed was, it was fun. I will say this. I've, t- I've told Jonah this a, a couple of times. Like, I'm trying to rewatch the older episode, like the original series on Hulu or Netflix. It's on one of them. And they don't have the original music or the original score from the shows. And I watched them so many times that I can pick that out. I'm like, this isn't the original intro song for this episode. And it bothers you? It bothers me because the music does not fit the scene. Or even... Like with Charmed, it's always like different quick shots of San Francisco. And depending on the music, it was either very like flash here, flash here for the up music, or it was like long pan scenes for slower intros. And they don't always do a great job of merging those songs with those intros. Um, That is so lame. Yeah. And sometimes like, there are some episodes that are so iconic that you know what the song should have been, and you're like, "What? What is this?" So if I were to try situation? to watch, sorry, excuse me, if I were to try to watch Charmed for the first time, it would be a bad experience because they've ruined the music. I don't. I don't. Hmm, I feel like if you've not seen every episode fifty times like I have, you wouldn't notice it as much. Because I think there are even points in Buffy where they do the same thing. and um, All with- shows have flaws, right? Yeah. Yeah, they um, do it with Dawson's Creek, too. Whenever Dawson's Creek was running on, like, one of those, like, cable channels, I forgot which one, but uh, I think it was, I don't like, wanna Pop TV or something. Jonathan- they didn't have the, the, the theme song, the opening credits theme song that Paula was so Cole. iconic. Paula like, Cole you- was like, no. No. I'm like, wait, you didn't secure the rights for this iconic theme song? The same thing with Charm. They don't have How Soon Is Now on on the, like, wherever it's streaming or if you buy the episodes on DVD, like, now, it's not the original intro. So, like, your whole mood is... is I don't awful. like that. Like, I don't like, like that Like, could you imagine... Buffy not having a new, 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 new. <laughs> like if it was some other shit, but not that song by Nerf Herder. Like, yeah, that's super weird. How do you not, not secure the credits for your fucking theme song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they, uh, maybe they secured them like for a brief period of time or something. How I don't funny know. would it be if the instead of that, if that did happen on Buffy and they didn't have the the right secured to that uh, opening uh, theme song, it be like Bittersweet Symphony from <laughs> <laughs> from Cruel Intentions <laughs> instead. <laughs> Cut to credit. <laughs> oh my god, Henry loves that song. It's really? Song. Yeah, he does. Oh, I did too. Hey everyone, so we are going to come back and close out with Jessica, but we're going to stick with our, our little trend today of talking to BFFs and Buffy, and I'm going to let Jonah introduce you to his friend and special guest. Okay, so I am so excited for our next guest, my very good friend, longtime friend, Nikki McKee. Um, 
Nikki, welcome to the Rewind Hi. Podcast. Hi, Nikki. Hi. I am so excited that you're here with us. You know, like, so Nikki and I go way back. And one of the first things we bonded over and discovered about each other was our mutual love for Buffy. And when I realized she liked Buffy as much as I did, I was like, oh, soulmate. <laughs> love. Basically. So I don't think I, I've ever met anybody who is a who is as obsessed with Buffy as you are, like <laughs> on the same, you know. I know. I love that. I love that. And that's the biggest compliment, actually. If if I <laughs> if I get to the end of my life and that's the 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 one thing that someone says about me in the end, I'm like totally okay with that. Like, oh, he's like, like the biggest here, Buffy fan. <laughs> no, here lies Jonah. He loved Buffy a lot. <laughs> yes. there you go that's perfect perfect i actually do want that i'm actually going to be cremated though. i'm not going to have like a stone or anything so same you can put it on your urn <gasps> yeah. yeah but but i want to be spread i don't want to i don't want to sit in the urn for a long time i'm not going to touch that joke <laughs> with a 10-foot pole at all <laughs> we could just spread like a piece of you and then keep some in the jar yeah are you will or be you like keep it will you keep it on your mantle beside your bed no i'm gonna be like super weird and i know i'm gonna get like a necklace and put some of your ashes in there that way you'll always be with me when i watch buffy oh Aww. my god that's so that's sweet. actually really sweet Alexa's gonna <laughs> cry i think <laughs> i just cried from watching the finale so oh okay so we're gonna get to that i'm so glad yes. that you watched it right before you jumped on with us because it's fresh on your mind uh keenan and i just watched it too with keenan's friend jessica and so i'm so excited to talk with you about it but first i want you to tell us about when you first discovered the show and why you love it so much okay i think i, uh, I think i was in sixth grade when i first started watching it so been a while um but I started watching it after school when I got off the bus and because nobody was there and I got to watch whatever I wanted and um started watching it and I was like whoa who is this chick she's a hero like woman power and then also you have like the sexy intense vampires and the nerd in me was like yes everything because I mean you had Angel you had Spike and you know Jonah because you know me like Spike is my man Mm -hmm. totally I mean I love Angel too the brooding you know uh, and the hero and everything he stands for but you know like all the way I like the bad boys mm -hmm. but um I guess like I was just addicted from the get-go Buffy was I mean she's so funny to me like she's like kicking ass but at the same time she's sitting there and she has like these snide remarks and that dark humor I love mm -hmm. and yes uh, being a female like woman power I was like this has got to be one of the first shows you know during that time that was like you know it's a woman hero someone to look mm -hmm. up to so. would you do you think she's one of the first like like female superheroes you saw on television like at that age for, for my generation yeah Yeah. She, was, she was big. <laughs> yeah. Jenna, who was the first female superhero you saw on TV? Oh, gosh. Um, 
I, you know, one of the earliest would probably have been Xena, I mm, think. Okay. Um, I think she, she, that show started a little bit before Buffy, maybe. Um, yeah. But then Buffy came really close after. Um, but I feel like there has to be more. I don't know. I just really don't remember more. Like, I, I think a bunch yeah. of cartoons, you know, there were yeah. like cartoons, but um but in terms of like serious shows or like dramas or you know that kind of thing like yeah like xena and then buffy uh, and that carried me like that i found such a true appreciation for uh, um the female hero and mm-hmm, i that's mm-hmm. when my love for like those kinds of shows really started it was in my youth as well so with those shows so yeah i totally relate to that all that Kina, what about you? When was your earliest? I'm guessing who it was, but I'm not going to say. I'm going to see if it's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I would say cartoon, because like, you know, as a kid, it would have been like She-Ra. I loved Mm. the She-Ra cartoon. And uh, and then like Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. on syndication, Wonder Woman and Charlie's Angels, they weren't superheroes, but they were doing really cool shit. Yeah. Like ladies in the 70s. So... I was yeah. definitely there for them. Yeah, I I guessed um I guessed Wonder Woman is what my guess was. Yeah. Oh like Linda Carter. My <laughs> when I was watching the last Wonder Woman movie, my mom walks into the room and she sat down and just like stared at the screen for about five minutes, looks at me and goes, I like Linda Carter better, and left the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like brutal. Okay, oh, mama. So funny. Love it. Love it. Okay, Nikki. So, what is your favorite character or characters from Buffy? My favorite what? Character Sorry. or characters? Um, I would have to go with Xander's one of my favorites, of course, because mm-hmm. he's like. I don't know. He's like Buffy's backup man. He's always there. He always has her back. And I mean, till the very end, he would do anything for her. And just their relationship, you know, with him starting out having a huge crush on her, but then it developing into something more. I don't know. I always loved Xander. We say him. He grew up to be pretty hot. True, true. (laughs) We say often on this show that Xander is like the heart of this show. He is. He really is. Yeah. He he is one of my favorite characters. Like, and then of course there's Spike. I mean, for me, and of course Buffy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Mm. James <laughs> Marsters back in the day. Yes, James Marsters cheekbones. Uh, his cheekbones were so good. Even though Jonah hated it. I, okay, yeah, so Kina oh. knows this. Kina knows I was not a, a great, even when we started this podcast, actually, it's so funny. When we started this podcast and I started doing a rewatch for the podcast, I still was like full on Team Angel, right? But then when I was doing the rewatch and I like, I don't know, I just had like a sudden like appreciation and admiration for Spike as as an older adult now. 
I'm, I relate, I think, more and, mm-hmm. and relate to Buffy's relationship with him as toxic as it was at times. I, there was also a really special bond there that couldn't be denied that really served the story in a way that even more so than Angel, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways. I yeah. agree. I just listened to a podcast that, and they were like, if you were lucky enough to hit like for a TV show to hit you at the right age it was like targeted to at the time it was coming mm-hmm. out and then you can like go back and rewatch it in your 20s and then again in like your mid 30s like the show will hit differently every time mm-hmm. you'll find yourself rooting for different characters and I too when I was younger was like but Angel but Angel and as I got older I was like fight. <laughs> Spike in that bedhead. Oh, man, I guess, like, even as a young age, I was always Team Spike, and maybe it's the girl (laughs) in me. I'm like, bad boy, you know? But, like, even as a vampire in the beginning, when he doesn't have a soul and he's with Drusilla, Mm -hmm. he still has humanity in him. Like, even without a soul, he has humanity. Like, he would get upset and jealous, and he cared about being in love, and, like, you know, with Angel Without a Soul, he was just a monster. So yeah. that just said a lot about his character to me. Mm, yeah. I, I loved all the little episodes that gave us like tidbits of, of Spike's history because he's such a fascinating character to me. William the Bloody. Yes. Yeah, an the awful poet. bloody poet. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He's a poet, but it doesn't matter. Like he was still like to me just dreamy. Yeah. Yes, and the fact that his he had a thing for pre-demon Hellfreck, yeah, aka like, Sicily. Did, like, did you? I, okay, I totally did not even realize that until rewatching it this past year. Um, that she was this that she was Anya's vengeance demon friend. I'm yeah. Like, is she is she oh, intended yeah. to be? Is it are they intended to be different characters or was it the same? No, because on the episode where she seals everyone in the house from uh from uh Dawn's wish, mm-hmm. they recognize each other. They play it off. They're like, <gasps> yeah, they rec- uh, they they totally recognize each other. But they don't like mention it. So like, if you weren't paying attention, you didn't see it. But they definitely recognize each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that subtle little nod. Yeah. So that means that something happened to Sicily, and she became a vengeance demon. Yeah, I kind of would love to know her her backstory. Yeah. Oh, so speaking of episodes, um, Nikki, what was what are some of your favorite episodes from the show? Well, you know me. I'm a drama queen. So, Once More a Villain is my favorite episode, and it will always be. I love it. It's got Buffy and Spike's first kiss in it. It's got some music. Um, it's got Ad Buffy just trying to figure out, like, where she fits again after coming back from being dead. Um, I love it. I just watched it recently this week because I actually lost my disc. And I was like, I just got this new set. Like, I got a new series, uh, a new set. Because when I originally bought them, I bought them season by season because I was a teenager. And I didn't have much money. So I was like, I'm going to buy each season, you know, mm-hmm. when I was collecting mm-hmm. them. But I, 
I got a new uh, set and I lost that disc right after watching it. And I was so mad. So I go and I start, I'm rewatching the series right now. I'm actually like at the end of season two, I think. And um, I open up one of the discs and there's, I mean, in the Buffy disc, like season one, there's the disc that I've been missing and I'm like so mad about it. But um, thankfully I found it. I thought one of my toddlers stole it and uh, it was gone forever. But also, just a side note, as a mom, guess who loves Buffy? A little blonde-haired mini-me. She oh, loves yeah. Buffy. She's like, Buffy is so cool. She's I not here. I'm like, yes, that. girl. Yes. Yes, I introduce her that. to these female heroes early. She loves it. And she's she likes creepy shows, too. So, like, the monsters, I they don't really that. scare me. She's like, Buffy's going to beat them. And I'm like, yes, she is. She's the hero, duh. I love it. I love it. And she she reminds me so much of you. She looks just like you. And um Thank you. Take that as a compliment. She's pretty yeah, cute. She's kid. so she's so adorable. And I love that you're already incorporating Buffy into it. It's funny because you know, Sarah Michelle Geller herself says that her kids are also into Buffy now. And they're I think she she waited until like they were older to, I guess, because she was afraid it would scare them to watch it or whatever. Um, so I love that that Alice is already so into it and not. I'm I'm assuming she's not really scared by it, right? Mm-mm, no, she likes creepy shows. She <laughs> I is love my that. child, so I'm not too surprised. She loves everything creepy. When the new It came out, and this is terrible because she's four, but um, she was obsessed with it. And every time she saw Georgie die, she was like, Mama, what happened to Georgie? Well, like, you know what happened to Georgie? And she was like, it ain't his arm. And I'm like, yep, it gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. My four-year-old, but she's always like, Mommy, can we watch Clowns? Like, she doesn't call it It. She's like, can, can we, we watch Clowns? Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. She she sounds like me as a that child. I was the same very way. Funny. I was the same <laughs> way. I was always into the really like creepy. I remember as a, a young kid watching that movie Tremors. Do you remember Tremors? Yes. Like I would be so afraid to walk on our living room floor, but I would be watching it with <laughs> so much like intensity and like so much ad like I was just like, oh God, I'm so into this. this is, but also I didn't want to walk on the living room floor because I was scared, scared, you know, like. But I wouldn't. Oh, I love was, being scared, though. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's why Even we're so now, much I'm like, <laughs> I love horror. I might have nightmares later, but like, yeah. yes, let's watch this horror movie before bed so I can be scared to death and uh-huh. dream about some creepy figure standing over me. So, what's your like? I'm wondering what's your least favorite episode of Buffy? I know it's like that. It's unfair to ask, probably, because this podcast is about celebrating Buffy, but I feel like everybody has a least favorite Buffy episode. Yeah. I know we certainly do. It's hard to say. Like, the most heartbreaking one is definitely when Joyce dies. Mm. Because, and then, like, I rewatched it right after my mom died, and that was the worst idea I ever had. I rewatched the entire series, but then I got Ouch. to that part, and I was like, oh, man, like, why did I do this to myself? I don't care how many times I've seen Joyce die. The fact that she died of natural causes, it just kills me, like, every time. Like, that's definitely, like, I don't know. They did that, and I was just like, why, Josh Whedon? Why? Why couldn't she die, like, some supernatural way? But I guess that's what's so poetic and beautiful about it. I mean, it's real. That stuff really happens. Yeah. And um, as far as just, like, hating it, you know, you know that episode in season one with the praying mantis? 
<laughs> Teacher's pet. After yeah. Xander? Yeah. Oh my God, I hate that episode. I hate it so much. Like, I don't even know why I hate it, but like, it's cringeworthy. I don't know. It just, I, I totally hated it. Oh, yeah. Probably because of the attempted statutory rape that almost <laughs> happened on the episode, you know? <laughs> it's super problematic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she turns their head all the way around. That <laughs> everything, but that I was just like, no, it was it was cringeworthy. It was cheesy, and I was like, mm, no. Season one has a few cheesy episodes. I will say, as a Buffy fan, I love it one hundred percent. I wouldn't change anything about it. But season one, like watching it, and you've watched the later episodes, you're like, hmm what were we doing here? Yeah. And you that episode, that is definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> On the same vein, like, I love the pack, but it was also very cheap. And <laughs> it, was, oh, it, was, yes. it was very cheap. Like, they're like, we got $12 to do this episode. Let's, <laughs> it was, uh, was that think... when Zan- like Xander turned into a hyena? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the principal, they ate the principal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was a good principal. He was the only good principal they had. Oh, yeah. That was, oh. what's his name? Um, oh, he had a weird Flutie. name. Flutie. Flutie. <laughs> yeah. Principal yeah. Flutie. Oh, oh, and then Snyder. Oh, I hate Snyder so much. It was, I still hate Snyder. It was very, like, it was a good feeling to watch him get eaten. I loved it. I literally just the other day watched the episode where um, where Angel returns and he's super feral and then Buffy's also trying to date old Scotty or whatever his name is and then at the same time she's being forced to see the new guidance counselor or the guidance counselor and um, he seems like a really cool like guy and very like open-minded and he's actually really helpful for her but then he gets mauled to death by the that guy who's super abusive to his girlfriend yeah oh that oh yeah oh yeah and i, I was like why did all of the author- the adult authority figures who are who could be beneficial in buffy's life like killed <laughs> you know like principal flutie and like mr what's his name i totally forgot his name i feel bad now but the good guidance counselor i like yeah. oh, such a bummer i don't remember the teacher that the uh praying mantis ate but he was there for Buffy. He was like, you can do this, you know, and then the next day he was dead, so <laughs> they did that over and over again. Uh-huh. Hey, here's well, this great authority figure. Yeah. Typically, well, I yeah, I was just gonna say, typically if the camera lingers on their face for too long, you're like, who is this? Per- oh, they're gonna die soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, we we all know that Joss Whedon loves to torture his characters, particularly his leading ladies. Like, I mean, we know that you know, we know that he also on and off to, the camera. Yes, I was gonna say yeah. he also wants to torture the actresses themselves. Apparently, like you know, from recent news. So, did that surprise y'all yeah. coming out? So, was that way in real life? It is something that I've made like allusions to on several episodes because I went down the rabbit hole last year when Ray Fisher like release all his statements and I was like not Joss and then right. I read the scathing article that his ex wrote and I was like holy fuck he's the worst 
And then you find out about Charisma Carpenter, which as someone who watched Angel, I remember when she died, I was like, this is how they're going to send off Cordelia? Are you kidding me? Over two shows, she has just like become the most amazing character. And this is what you're going to do? Spoilers if you ever watched Angel. (laughs) Uh, Cordelia dies unceremoniously. Yeah, it, they just phased her out like she was a nobody character. That because was so upsetting. she was pregnant. Yes. Just and you know what? That's when Angel started going downhill. Uh-huh. Because, like, after that, I really was, like, not that into it. And uh, I feel like they went on longer than the series should have went. It, it's just one of those shows, like, I I love it. I own all the seasons of it. You know, I think it's important. And, you know, Buffy and Angel, they go back and forth on the series, just a few episodes. But, like, after that, like, it just wasn't any good to me. And I hated the ending of Angel. I hated it. I often wonder how had the actor that played Doyle, had he not died? <gasps> I loved him so much. Yeah. I so yeah. I, he was so precious. Uh, he was the husband of the daughter on Roseanne, of the oldest daughter that they like changed actresses. Yeah. Um, and I, anyways, yeah, he was so cute. He died. I think he had like an aneurysm or something. But I thought he was very much like the Xander of Angel, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like yeah, he, he he. I could have I seen him playing the heart of the show. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I think. I'm trying to remember if, like, he had to leave the show because he had, like, a drinking problem or something. But he was leaving the show and then died after. Like, there was, I I just, I'm like, oh, what would have happened if we had Doyle? Like, if he stuck around and. (sighs) He was, well, to me, Doyle was kind of like Giles. Because, like, he was, like, helping do the research and, like, showing them what needs to be done like we're working this case you know to me he was more of a giles character and i don't and know he, like he had that back knowledge too that came yeah. out handy for every case so, right yeah that makes right because he's from that world yeah but also just... i think that his death was super relevant to drive the story forward for, in for... character development for cordelia because you know she wouldn't have been gotten the visions had it not been for him right transferring them to her yeah and that was a big part of her character arc i think so okay series finale of buffy uh nikki you just you just watched it i want to know tell us about your thoughts about how the story wrapped your favorite moments from the series finale okay so um i love the uh, scene where Angel comes back and she's like fighting Caleb and mm-hmm. um anyways they're like uh <clears throat> she was like I got this I got to do it on my own he was like oh man I miss watching this and I'm just like <laughs> fangirling yeah. and then you know you see Spike being the jealous you know not boyfriend but whatever they are <laughs> and he's like in the you know in the background watching them kiss I mean of course they're gonna kiss it's Angel and Buffy like uh-huh. The two destined to be together. So anyways, they kiss. And then uh, the part that goes to where she's like walking downstairs in the basement and Spike's just like beating up a bag. 
I had to pause it earlier because I laughed so hard because you got like this picture of angel supposed to be angel yeah. and it's got like the big forehead and the spiked up hair and he's just beating it up and they're angel and spike are acting like 12 year old boys that just kills me like they're like fighting over buffy like little kids like i don't know the testosterone and that was hilarious to me um the best part though like is the end when Spike saves the world because he's my ultimate like character like mm-hmm. the whole time I'm like I love Spike and then he does the ultimate sacrifice yeah like Buffy and the other Slayers I mean they did their part but the one who saved the world and sacrificed everything was Spike just gonna say mm. he's awesome probably the scene that gets me crying the worst though is not even Spike's death it's Anya's <gasps> it's like I'm just like why did she have to die like why her and Xander were just getting back together and to die for that idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Andrew, like (laughs) he's huddling in a corner and like, she's over there fighting tooth and now I just, yeah, that was, that was really one of the most hurtful parts of that episode. I think was like, like Anya's death. Um, Like, at least with Spike's death, there was a sense of fulfillment and somewhat sense of satisfaction because he, he was sacrificing the most yeah. himself and doing the right thing and redeeming himself. But there Anya was closure. <laughs> we got closure with Spike's death and Agnes yeah. was just like a slap in the face. Yeah, it was just like a Yeah, a like quick... after everything she's been through. I mean, she's thousands of years old. Everything she's been through, she gets sliced up. Like, really? Out of everybody that had to die, like you do Anya that way. Okay, shoulder that, to side. Just, I know. Ugh. I hated it. At least like with Spike's death too, <clears throat> he chose it. Like he yeah. was like, I'm doing this. Y'all get out of here. Like, and Anya, she was just a casualty. Yeah, I did. And, you know, I, like that. Sorry, what were you going to say? That, <laughs> that part where like, uh Xander's asking Andrew what happened and he was like that's my girl always doing the stupid thing I'm like oh god (laughs) you know like ugly crying and sobbing Uh uh-huh yeah I did I did think one of the one beautiful if beautiful is a strong word but the one special thing I think about that like the end for her was you know we've seen Anya throughout the seasons running from the apocalypse <laughs> you know like she normally yeah. gets the hell out of Dodge she's like see ya bye you know, I ain't trying to be a hero here and and then they have that really great like exchange she and Andrew when they go out on the supply run to the hospital and she's talking about how you know people are so stupid humans are so stupid because they just keep fighting and fighting and fighting mm-hmm. um even when it's pointless but um she said you, you know what they when when it's something that they really believe in and it's important to them they never give up and she's like so i guess i'll keep fighting too and then you see her actually fighting in the apocalypse and and you know playing a, a big role of standing on the front lines and and helping to to put it into the first and I don't know I it was so tragic and felt unnecessarily tragic but in that way I guess I, I really appreciated you know that like her character development up until the end 
Yeah. I get that. Okay. So, ready for a quiz? Sure. <laughs> so, I have a quiz that I found. It's a BuzzFeed quiz. It's which character from Buffy the Vampire Slayer are you? And I I want us to all take this and find out which characters we are. I have a sneaking suspicion of which one I'm going to come out to be. And I am interested if you guys have like a thought on like what like if you like if you have someone in mind that you think would be um the character that you would be versus what the actual result um turns out to be if that makes any sense i have a theory of who i will get i'm interested to see what it will come out though Uh uh-huh i know who i want to be okay (laughs) okay so let's click on that link i sent you all a link in advance so what we'll do as we're going through this quiz we will we'll all take the quiz at the same time together respectively uh, but we'll like take turns reading questions until we get to the end and then we'll all share what our answers are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can we say yeah. like what we're going to answer? So like yeah. when I read my question, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to do this because whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So Nikki, do you want to start us off as the guest? Sure. I'm already looking at it. What is your favorite book? I mean, if you know anything about me, you know what I'm going to click. Can you guess, Jonah? I, yes, I know. So let's read, let's, let's share what like all of the 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 answers are. And then I'll tell you which one I know that you're going to pick. Okay. What is your favorite book? The Hunger Games, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Iliad. I know for you, you're going to pick Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> because I if there's one thing that I am with Buffy it's like right there Harry Potter Buffy and Harry Potter my mm-hmm. childhood yep knew it that's so funny okay so Keenan, what about you what's your favorite what, book out of those four um by <laughs> or of elimination because it's the only one I've read the Iliad yeah. same for me too like I I feel like I would want I I would want I I feel like I would really like the Hunger Games because I'm into that and I do like mm-hmm. Harry Potter but I I don't like it enough that I think I would have loved the books but I did read the, oh, the books are so much better I will say I will say that if you have audible and you're a books on tape person I have listened to Harry Potter and the Fourth Sorcerer's Stone like, and there's this older British guy narrating it. It's very enjoyable. It's good. Oh. Instead yeah. of listening to music in my car, I listen to Audible. And I'm not sure what that says to, about me as a person <laughs> because I'm a nerd. So if I'm not reading a book, I'm listening to it while I'm driving. But uh, I recently downloaded all the Harry Potter books and re-listened to them. And uh. they're, I like who voices it, too. I love, I love that. Oh, that'll be that'll be a fun read. I'll have to check it out then. Yeah, I would say <laughs> the Iliad myself, even though I really can't remember much about it. I just know that's, that I read it. That's the story of I believe that's the one with like Hector and Achilles. Um, so it's everything of the Trojan War leading up to the Odyssey, which is like after the Trojan War. Oh right. Okay. So Iliad is like Trojan horse stuff. Yes. If I remember correctly. 
Yeah, that was oh, that was fun. I've okay. never read it, so mm, I don't know. Well, I took a mythology class in high school, mm-hmm. like Greek mythology. I think Kenny, you did too, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. A lot we of did it. Yeah, I think we had to do it one of our English because, like, we did a lot of like mythology and Shakespeare in like high school English classes that we would have to read. All yeah. right, Kenan. You want to hit that next question? Sure. Okay, scroll it now. Very appropriate. <gasps> Shut <you>. up! <laughs> Who's your favorite superhero? The answers are Wonder Woman, Witchfire, Jimmy Olsen, and Doctor Strange. And if you know me, clearly you know I'm clicking Wonder Woman. Uh, Though I'm interested to know who Witchfire is because you know that I love anything that has to do with witches. Yeah, who um, is that? And then Doctor Strange would be a close second because he's the Sorceress Supreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm clicking Wonder Woman. Nikki, who's your favorite superhero of the four? Doctor Strange, 100, 100% all the way. Because he's a wizard. And I effing love wizards, okay? And yeah. he's, like, so underrated in Marvel. But I, I love him. He's He's my favorite. So, all the way. Yeah, he's interesting. I really like that character, but I don't love Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, I have to say. Mm. I don't know. I just, he doesn't fit. I think he makes a very sexy Doctor Strange. I don't know. Oh. I have weird tastes, though. <laughs> so, I'll admit it. I have weird tastes. You said it, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Jimmy Olsen <laughs> is a weird option to put here. Wait, isn't that... Here. Like that's Jimmy Olsen from Superman. Yeah, he has his own comic series, and there's other stuff really? that he does. But it's such a deep cut, I feel. Well, and the only reason I know about it is because, like, Supergirl Radio, one of the podcasts I listen to, like, they'll talk about Jimmy Olsen and the Newsboys, and I'm like, what is this storyline? I need to know more about it. <laughs> there's also a storyline where he turns into a turtle. Oh my. So, I'm just like, he has to be the most <laughs> mundane of all the ones listed here. I'm I mean, very interested even... in this witch fire person. Me too. I will be Googling that. Yeah. <laughs> what is your answer, Jonah? Oh, it's it's definitely Wonder Woman. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, you know, I just love a, a strong, badass woman. Like, I just, and, and she's she's so, I, I didn't get into Wonder Woman when I was younger. I mean, I watched her in the cartoons and everything, but mm-hmm. since uh, uh, Gal Gadot um, took over that title, I've been really, I just love what she's done with it. And mm-hmm. I really, and plus, you know. She's, she's a really classic. hot Wonder Woman too. Oh my God, she is so she's hot. She's fine. Like, I'm for oh. it. Okay, so the next question is, what's your favorite warm beverage? Ooh. I struggle with this one. Okay, the answers are chamomile tea, black coffee, builder's tea, hot chocolate. What, what is, is builder's, builder's tea? tea? <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask that. <laughs> Something like... else to Google after the podcast. <laughs> what the hell is builder's tea? I really struggle with the two. I, I struggle between chamomile tea and black coffee. I'm not, a, I don't like my coffee straight black because let's face it, that's for psychos. But I drink black coffee. <laughs> I know. I know. Ah, Psycho. How do you do? <laughs> You're both psychos. 
Uh, well, you, that says a lot about you as well. I don't know. I have drank black coffee with tea in it, but I guess it just depends on, I'm not tea, with sugar, but I guess it depends on if the black coffee is just yeah. the black coffee or if I can have, if I can have sugar in it, then I would pick that. I'm going to say. You can't put sugar in black coffee. Yes. If you're saying black coffee, it is just pot, cup, drink. Oh, okay. No. Well, then chamomile. <laughs> chamomile for me. What about you guys? I black do want to. I'm going to go with black <laughs> coffee too, but I'm also going to let you know what Builder's Tea is. It's a British thing. Did you Google it? Uh, oh. It is basically like. I'm going to get a cup of tea with a like tea bag, add a little sugar and milk to it. Oh. But it's like a strong. I mean, I want to be British. So yeah. I, mean, I, I have had, I, I never knew that's what it was called before. And I feel fully ashamed because it's something that I've had and it is quite tasty, but I really don't take a lot of sugar anymore. So black coffee. Why don't they just call it British tea instead of builder's tea? Because that might be a whole other <laughs> blend of tea. I think this is just oh. a regular black tea, not like a English breakfast or Scottish breakfast tea or an Earl Grey. Or or have you ever had a Lady Grey? They're so, it's yeah. so mild. It's delicious. No, Jonah, I think we like discovered it at the same time. Yeah, I, you know, I used to always keep tea in my office. Keenan and I used to work together and um and I would always I had like a little coffee slash tea station in my office and so I'd always keep tea and coffee I was there. forever scamming a cup of tea <laughs> yeah I was always <laughs> sharing it with everybody in the office like I would tell everybody anytime you want coffee come on in some people took that to heart and came in like all the time Keena was not that one would be them. me every day <laughs> I was not one of them I did come for the tea but I was like those k-cups are expensive I will not <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there were some people who would come in every day like oh you you're really taking me up on that offer okay that's cool (laughs) you shouldn't offer if you don't mean it i i I did mean it i just didn't think that they would actually (laughs) do it like as often as i mean i wouldn't to people i work with but to you i definitely would i'd be like give me that coffee yeah (laughs) yeah i would happily share share it with you even though I would be I mean, judging you from you a distance a for drinking it straight black. <laughs> okay, who's next? Nikki, you got that next question. Um, how do you normally spend a Saturday afternoon? Watching movies, reading a good book, studying, being creative. <sighs> That's a hard one for me because if I'm not reading, I'm watching a series or a book, I mean, or a show, movie, whatever. Let's see. I'm going to go with watching movies, which is not what I would generally book. But since it's a Saturday afternoon, I would probably be watching TV instead of reading. That's what I do like on my lunch break. I read. So it's more of a work day thing. I so admire that about you, that you read that much and actually enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me to get into like. I hate reading. <laughs> yeah, it feels like such a chore. I did not. I did not read for years after college because like college like burnt me out on reading so bad, like reading stuff that I wasn't interested in. Mm -hmm. But now 
it's like all I do. And I love collecting books. I mean, I like audibles and I like reading it off like an iPad. But like to me, just the smell of books is like amazing. Uh, and holding so. it in your hand. Yeah, no, I totally get it. It's so, I'm so glad that you found found your love for it again. That's cool. Well, what would y'all choose? I picked watching movies. <laughs> I would have liked to have said being creative. And I think I do have a lot of creative ideas on the weekend because that's when I have downtime to actually and energy to yeah. actually think about it. But I, I rarely ever like put it to use. So <laughs> I would have to say more I'm just not, watching movies. I'm not a creative person. Like I want to be, I want to be one of those people, but I'm not. So just stick to the books. The movies. I'm, I'm going to say being creative. Just because I do spend Saturday, like, if I take a walk, I'm going to go take pictures or I'm editing photos. So I'm going to, I'm going to be the douchebag and say being creative. I could totally see that. I would love to be like an artsy person who could do that, but I'm just not. I'm just a nerd. So I've learned to accept it. Like I've tried, you know, took a bunch of art classes and pottery classes and I tried to be artsy, but I'm just going to stick to my books because, like, that's my lane. So, everyone has the same. A okay. All right, Keena, I think you have the next one, huh? Okay. What's your favorite music genre? Pop, rock, folk, or country? I will never deny my pop princesses. I love pop music. It is fun. It makes me happy. It makes you want to move. Give it to me. Of it. Nikki, what about you? So I'm really kind of drawn between pop and rock, but I think I'm going to go with pop because, like, my early 2000s station, that's all I listen mm, to. Good time. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, I, I like pop rock and folk, actually. I really love indie folk, but mm. I think pop would have to take the crown for yeah. this because I listen to it way more than any other. And it's just, I have a longer history with it. So of course, Yeah. I mean, and that's not to say that we don't enjoy other, you know, genres of music. I think that if I want to listen to something that's going to get me through the day, like get me going, I'm definitely going to put on a pop song before I put on a folk one. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know? But, okay. And back when I was younger, like a, a teenager, was super emo, and all I listened to was like rock and metal, and like I had all the colors, of, different colors of hair, all the piercings. And now that I'm older, I would listen to it, and I'm like, this is so angry. Why is it so angry? <laughs> what was I doing? But oh, now so I'm like, funny. you know, turn on some Gangsta's Paradise. That's how you start work. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's great. Oh, so good. Okay, next question. Choose a magic creature. Okay, vampires, vengeance demons, werewolves, ghosts. They're also good, but I think for the sake of originality and creativity, I'm going to pick vengeance demons. That's mine! (laughs) Yeah, I thought it would be, Keenan. (laughs) Say it again. Are y'all the same person? 
probably. Like, in in some ways, like, yeah, we we have a lot in common as well. So it's funny. It's very kismet that we're all on this podcast together right now because yes. I think all of us have some parallels. But yeah, I, I just love the Vengeance Demon theme. I mean, I'm like, if I had to pick one to be, for sure, I would be Vengeance Demon. Oh, you, they have so much fun, you know, like. Yeah. So cool. You get to what fuck about, with people during the day, not just at night. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, the time. Okay, Nikki, what about you? I mean, I'm gonna be basic and I'm gonna go with vampires. Ah, the classics. Love yes. I, like, I would I like vampires. I would be a vampire in the vampire diaries universe. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh because that way you can at least have some humanity. And, you know, if you were tea for tight with a witch, then you could get yourself a daylight ring. Most definitely. That's yeah. for another podcast, though. You can't start yeah. Vampire Diaries talking. Because I will, like, <laughs> totally go different. off in a loophole. <laughs> yeah. We can have a Vampire Diaries uh, combo on another episode. You might have to include me in on that one. Yes. I just yeah. finished my, my re- my rewind of Vampire Diaries. Good use of oh, that man. Term. Yes. Okay, okay. Keenan, like, did you, what's your pick? Oh, I'm Vengeance Demon. 100%. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, I don't want to be a vampire in the Buffy universe. I don't want to be a werewolf in any universe, except for like the True Blood universe. They have control over their shifting. Hmm. I don't like, it looks painful on everything else. Yeah. And it, I mean, be, no. And a ghost? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Vengeance <Lame>. demon all <laughs> day long. I'm like, yes, I love that they put it on the, that we could all choose to be a Vengeance demon. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, I think it, this is you, Nikki, right? Oh, what oh, an appropriate question for you. So appropriate. What Hogwarts house are you in? Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, or Slytherin. So this is interesting to me because I've taken like the wizard's quiz like on Hogwarts and um, I did not get what I expected. So it's like what I would choose because I really like Slytherin. And I mean, because Snape is my man, like 100%. I mean, I even have like a Harry Potter tattoo or something, you know, just like (laughs) die hard. But I guess I'm going to choose Hufflepuff because that is what they said I was. That's cute. And I get it. There is this play that I saw. It was like a, like I saw it in a movie theater, but it was a play of a called Puffs. And it's a story of the Hufflepuff house that's supposed to run parallel to all the Harry Potter stories. And the main boy of that show is the Hufflepuff. So there are things that are going on with him that are supposed to be like side stories to what's going on with Harry. And it's a completely unauthorized show. So they don't refer to anything as to what it's actually called, but make very funny, vague references to it. Oh, I would have to check that out. Puffs. I'm not Look sad that they put me in Hufflepuff because Luna... Mm-hmm. is in Hufflepuff and I feel like that would be me if I was in Hogwarts she's the weird kid <laughs> yeah. that would be me just 
seeing uh, dead animals and stuff and uh-huh. I don't know. I'm into it. Luna's a fun one. Well, so funny enough, I I also took that test and um, that quiz or whatever you call it. And I got a answer that I did not, I was not expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, um, but I didn't expect to be named a Slytherin. <laughs> Making the graph. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, I never thought of myself as a snake in the grass, but I mean, I guess I could be. <laughs> I was a journalist. <laughs> oh, Keenan, what about it. you? I am gonna say Ravenclaw. I think I think that was my house when I did my little like Pottermore what house you in thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have always been partial to the Ravenclaws. So you must be super brave, because like that's a trait. I guess. <laughs> Wait, no. No, no, we're supposed to really the smart, smart ones. We're the smart ones. Yeah, wisdom. Oh, I'm thinking Gryffindor. Yeah, Gryffindor yeah. is the right one. Yeah, I could do that for you. A Ravenclaw. I do go to Keenan with Ravenclaw are the smart ones. Gryffindor is the brave. Hufflepuff's the heart, and Slytherin's the evil. I'm just kidding. They get Jonah. a bad rap, just like Spike does in Buffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just bad PR. It's just bad PR. It's bad PR. Yeah. Maybe a few bad choices associated with a bad PR. (laughs) They just slaughtered an entire group of people is all. Um, (laughs) What's your, so what's your favorite color? Red, green, yellow, or blue? Mine is green. Yep, I knew it. Green is my favorite color. Nikki, what's your favorite color? None of these, but I'm gonna go with the closest one, and that is blue. Is yours purple? Yes, all I the way. So weird that I need shirt's that. Purple. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I lean towards green more these days, but I would have to say I have more blue things. As ter- if we're talking about like fashion or like attire or whatever, and what like. And my eye color. Well, no, my eye color kind of goes between green and blue. So, but I would. I'm picking blue because that's that's blue has always been my ride or die color. Blue. Yeah, okay. that's right. Leanne rhymes. I love that song. <laughs> Where would you like to go on vacation? <laughs> Las Vegas, Paris, Rome, or New York? Oh, well, I've already been to New York. Uh, love it, but I would want to go somewhere I haven't been, and that is Rome. Always want to go to Rome. Nikki, what about you? I am also going to pick Rome. Mm, good choice. Well, yeah. if we're picking places I have not been, then I will say Vegas. Um, I love Rome. Paris is my absolute favorite place to go but i'm gonna say vegas because i've never been and i'm very intrigued fyi nikki in case you can't tell keenan is a globe trotter he's been to so many like fun exotic exotic places not i would i i coordinated study abroad programs a few times so i was able to 
the programs first did London, Paris, Amsterdam, and uh, Berlin, and they stopped going to Amsterdam, and now they go to Prague. So I've been able to go to all those places, and then, like, do, like, small independent traveling. So I got to go to Greece and, like, like Athens and shit. Like, it was... I'm not, like, totally like jealous you right now. <laughs> That's not happening. I am I super thankful for it. Because, you know, I was like, I'm a poor black kid from Mississippi. I'm never going to be able to go anywhere. And then, you know, that happened. And it was, I was like, thank you, universe, for sending that to me. Yeah. I've been to China. That's the only country I've ever been to outside of the U.S. It's very different. I've had friends to see the Great Wall and the Forbidden City. Oh, that's cool. And I will say that uh, Disney did their job because Mulan is like spot on with the Forbidden City and the Great Wall. That's the only place I've been around the country. That's cool. That's a that's a good one. That's (laughs) awesome. Okay, I think our last question lands on you, Nikki. Pick your favorite movie. Legally Blonde, Apocalypse Now, The Wizard of Oz, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm going to pick one that I relate to most, and that is Legally Blonde. <laughs> so, you're not. Is, wait, you, is, I guess you are you blonde right now? Eh, I got some balayage going on. <laughs> blonde, it's brown. It's, it's whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever's in right now, just let them do whatever not very picky when it comes to hair because it'll grow back so yeah but i feel like i relate more legally blonde it was one of my favorite movies i'm not gonna lie i love reese witherspoon mm-hmm. i love her in that movie so yeah it's a good what would y'all choose Tina, what about you uh i'm gonna go wizard of oz all day long a classic it is I that would have been my second pick I enjoy Legally Blonde. Um, oh, wow. I clicked on it. Gave me my answer. Um, <laughs> I I enjoy Legally Blonde. I've never seen Apocalypse Now, but I think it's a war movie, and I'm not into war movies. Right? Isn't it, like, about Vietnam? I can't remember. <laughs> um, and Raiders of like I have seen all of the original Indiana Jones movies, but I don't remember what happens in each one. So what is in my memory is one movie with all the plot lines. Like, <laughs> like he scary. ran from a big ass boulder and then That's Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then <laughs> and then a bunch of Nazis drank from a cup before someone got the heart re- ripped out. Like in my mind. Temple of Doom. <laughs> it was all all one movie. Yeah. I, I totally get that because they all had pretty much the same feel. Wait. The rolling boulder was not Temple of Doom with the heart ripping. The, the rolling boulder was Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's it's literally funny. the first scene, one of the first scenes in that movie. It's like it's like it's a classic, iconic scene. And then Temple of Doom was where they are all. I don't think they were Nazis either. They were uh, like some kind of weird cult, and they were stealing children and. Uh, and yeah, they had to get that down. jewel. And he was like, Kalima. Yeah. But there was the Kalima. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Raiders of the Lost Ark was absolutely my choice without a without a shadow of a doubt. That was that's one of my first, like if we're talking about a first hero, like movies, not superhero, but like just first like 
hero style movies like mm-hmm. that was it like while everybody else was obsessing over star wars around the same time i was obsessing over raiders of the lost ark um and i remember i remember my grandmother or my grandpa we used to go um to the like a dump that was down the road from like their house from my grandparents house and we just for fun would go rummage through the dump (laughs) and look for like treasures and it felt like we were always searching for treasure and I think one time my my grandpa found an old Raiders of Lost Ark VHS and brought it back cleaned it up and it still worked or maybe that was Star Wars anyway I love Raiders of the Lost Ark growing up (laughs) that's so so funny anyway okay so moment of truth um i got the person i wanted did you i i I was not really expecting who i got um so this is interesting but i totally see it i can totally see it now i love i love this quiz the questions weren't super obvious you know some of them like give you answers that are really like obvious to a character's like thing yeah who wants to go first Nikki, I'm gonna let you go first since you're our guest. No, I did not expect to get this at all. I expected to get Willow, and I did not. I got Buffy, and I am actually shocked. Wow! Well, read it. I did not expect to get. Tell us what it says. You're a strong, driven leader with a tender human side. Because of your unique skills and resolve. You constantly find yourself in positions of responsibility. I think it's just because I have a thing for vampires. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a pattern That's a there. Prerequisite. I think. I think and bad is- boys. <laughs> yeah. Little yeah. bit. Little bit. I feel like you're a really like it makes sense to me. Like you say it doesn't, but I'm like, I totally see it. And it makes total sense to me because you're such a strong, independent woman and you are so resilient like the things you've gone through and you're still standing like i'm just like i i'm like yeah that's a no-brainer absolutely and buffy's the same way like she she goes through so much throughout that series and she's so resilient she bounces back it might take her a little bit like to get it together but she does and at the end of the day like she's gonna take care of what she has to take care of and the people in her life who she loves so yeah that makes sense that's so sweet, Jonah. I'm gonna cry. I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> They're rare yeah. and far between, but I'm very rare and far between. So the older I get, they become even more rare. Ah. As as Keenan. <laughs> uh oh. I'm gonna go next. So mm-hmm. I got Willow. <gasps> oh. And <laughs> and um, it says. You're a kind and intelligent person with a strong sense of right and wrong. With a penchant for academics, you're a model student and helpful friend. And let me tell you, I go through these periods where I just get so frustrated with people that I have to, like, give myself positive. I don't even know if it's a positive affirmation, but I've recently come to terms with the fact that I have... um, a unique sense of morality and what's right and wrong. And sometimes people just don't live up to it. 
and I don't need to be disappointed when people don't. I just need to move on. Mm. And it has allowed me to not have to deal with a lot these days. Yeah, that's it's a good way to preserve your own sanity and well-being, I think, having that approach. I see that for you. Yeah, especially like your your whole your witchiness. I'm like it makes so much sense to me because like you love. love that world so much and yeah. I'm jealous of that witchiness right now. Like I expected to get Willow. I'm a little <laughs> bit jealous. She's one of my favorite characters. She's a good one. I love me some Willow. So Jonah, who did you get? I I actually got Giles. <laughs> I, you know what? what when you said um Raiders of the Lost Ark I was like that is a very Giles answer and I have a <laughs> feeling that's who he's gonna be I love that that's what tipped it off that's so funny yeah it says wise mature and un- astonishingly well read you are an intellectual and moral guide for those around you you are a devoted caretaker with a natural paternalistic instinct Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I see yeah. all of that for I'm, myself. I'm going back through and I'm looking at some of the answers and I was like, the Iliad is a very Giles answer. Uh, I, I can't pull thing. anything from the superheroes. The chamomile tea probably the is. The chamomile like, tea is yet. definitely a Giles answer. Yeah. The reading. So basically, wait, you don't, no, not watching you're like movie. an old man. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Basically, you're just telling me I'm an old man. <laughs> Right, you're an old man. The Slytherin it's, and the Vengeance Demon is like he's a little dark. Yeah, Ripper. No, yeah, and Rome. Have a temper. Yeah, Rome is a very. I feel a very Giles answer. Yeah, like history. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll okay, it, though, I can see it. Giles is daddy, and I. I'm yeah. totally into that. We love Giles. Okay. We love Giles. Cool. Well, make sure you I screenshot. Had, like, what were you, you gonna say? in what? I always had this huge crush on Giles growing up, especially that episode where Same. they catch him like singing and playing guitar in that shop. I'm like, oh my god, he is so hot! I love uh, it. Band Candy did it for me. Uh huh. Yeah, oh, Band yeah, Candy. Know. Oh my gosh, him and Joyce. No, you know what did it for me recently? Like the moment, the first moment, I was like, oh yeah was recently, <laughs> like literally the other day when I was watching um, one of the, the season three, episode two, I think, when Buffy finally returns to Sunnydale from, you know, running away. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get back into school, but Snyder doesn't want her to come back. And Giles corners Snyder in, his, in, in Snyder's office. And Snyder's being all like mm-hmm. an ass had about it or whatever and and that like such a douche about it and, and giles saying that he was giles is like he's like sounders like i don't i'm not convinced about letting her back into school and giles like grabs him by his shirt and pushes him up against the filing cabinet and says shall i convince you <laughs> moist <laughs> ah! moist panties yes. dropped immediately yes, <laughs> yes. giles I was oh like, yes, take it. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Giles. It. Um, yeah. So do you want to screenshot these to post on yeah. the enter on the socials? Yes. Please, if you can, screenshot and uh, thank you, BuzzFeed. This was such a fun it was quiz. Fun. Yeah. 
I enjoyed it. Did they like say who Alexander? Wait. I don't know if that's all. Alexi Bithliner? I don't know. Some community contributor to BuzzFeed. It's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. Jenna, can we put a link to that quiz? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, we will we will share a link on our um, socials. Societals. And, and also share all of our responses on there of who we got. So, and we would love to know who you guys get. Like, take the quiz and um, and share with us on your socials and tag us. Yes, and don't go back and analyze the answers to get the person you want. Yeah, just answer it realistically. <laughs> yeah, like we did. We talked everything out, so we knew. I will. I will have to make one amendment. I'm gonna do it just to see if it changes, because I'm gonna change Las Vegas to Paris just to see what happens. That was gonna be your your second option. Yeah. Yeah, if if I wasn't playing, I've never been here, so that's what I'm gonna pick. Oh, I guess I would have to do it over. Yeah, probably. It won't let me just click the box again. That's annoying. You gotta go up and hit retake quiz and do it all. Oh, is that? Is there a thing? I'm changing some of my answers just for fun. <laughs> Well, where's your retake? Oh, retweet. Okay. So I'm going to go back and do, I think all of my other answers were like, you know, they were real. Like, yeah, I was kind of surprised you picked Vegas. I would have thought that you'd pick Paris. I know how much you love France. I do love it. Ravenclaw is a very Willow answer, I would like to think. Yeah. Well, she's the brain, so. I still got Willow. Even with Paris, I still got Willow. That's funny. Doing a little celebration dance. Okay. (laughs) I was afraid. I was afraid it was going to get me. I don't think I could escape Giles if I went back and tried to read Dang, I still got the same one, too. (laughs) Because the quiz I think like three or four of my answers. <laughs> the quiz is like, we know. That's so funny. Okay. Well, this has been fun, y'all. I'm so... Yes. I'm, my heart is just so full. I'm so happy I got to see you, Nikki. After such a long time, we got to chat and Yay. hang out. It feels just like old times. It feels like we were, we were together, like, just talking about one of our favorite subjects. <laughs> I love that. Yay. We need to do a Buffy marathon soon. and we're gonna have to loop in the hubby whether he likes it or not (laughs) he watched a couple episodes of season two and he was like actually into it i was like see if you get past season one you'll like it just i tell him let me brainwash you come here yes i feel like you can get someone we and we've talked about this to the show but even like with season one i do think if you just show them the first and the last episode Maybe the first two in the last episode and keep trucking. There's not a lot of buildup. There may be some questions that you get that are going to come up. Like, who is this? Because these people are established like Amy (laughs) in season one that you can just like answer and keep going. But I do think if you give them like one, two and 12 of season one, 
and then move on. You're yeah. good. Because we meet Angel. We don't learn that Angel will know on not one of those episodes that he's a vampire, but you'll get all that by the end of the right. last season. So, yeah. Well, I, I feel like when I rewatch it, though, like I have to rewatch like every single episode oh. because no matter how many times I've watched it over the years, like mm-hmm. you always catch on to something new, like something like that never really popped out before. And you're like, oh, yes. I see what you're doing there, Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. And you just catch on more, even though I've seen it like 50 times. Oh, yeah. Probably. Maybe more. Yeah, like that the thing that you brought up at the top of this episode with like the little picture that um Spike drew of of an angel so on funny. the punching bag. I don't think I ever noticed it until we rewatched the episode with Jessica and I was like, Y'all, this shit is hilarious. It is. It's so funny. That's what I love about it. Like this show will make you laugh your ass off. It'll make you cry your eyes out. And it's just like so much. It'll make you feel like I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but like it can literally like make you laugh your ass off and cry in the same episode. Yeah. Yes. It gives you everything. It has everything. And it's so, and this is something that we talked about before with Jessica. It's so empowering, especially the the series finale. It's just it's mm-hmm, so empowering. Mm-hmm. Like the that scene that I've talked about how I love so much where where the first is is appearing to Buffy as herself there at, at the end when they're fighting in the cave. And um and she's just, you know, being a smart ass and telling her, you almost you came close to striking me down. What more could you ask for? And she's just like in her face and then she just says she's like, get out of my face. And she mm-hmm. stands up and there's the whole and slow-mo bit and the music play, uh swelling so music. Yes. It's just like whoosh, three Uber vamps off the cliff. Because they did that thing that we keep saying time and again, don't piss her off. Don't piss her off. (laughs) Don't piss her off. Like, it gave her just what she needed. mm -hmm. And they do it every time. Every time. And then they get shocked when it happens. They're like, oh shit, I went too far. She's kicking (laughs) my ass now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, so I want I we something a tradition that we normally do, Nikki, when we're wrapping up um, uh, the show is we want to talk about what we're currently watching, and I want to hear from you what you're currently watching these days. So besides Buffy, me and my husband are watching. We just watched Vice Principals, which is hilarious if you haven't seen it. Um, but we are watching East. (laughs) I cannot even remember the names of the characters. Uh, he can tell you the guys that play in it. Y'all know the uh, the main guy of the unicorn. He's also in like uh, Sons of Anarchy. He's like Venus Van Damme. And on Vice Principals, him and the other guy, they literally like want the job as principal. That they like go through all these charades. Like, even trying to, like, dose the football team with acid just to make the principal look bad. I mean, it, it's oh, just God. hilarious. <laughs> like, it goes to extremes. They, like, burn this woman's house down. Like, it, it's hilarious. And then oh, wow. East Bound and Down has, like, the same characters in it. And it's, like, this famous mullet-wearing baseball player. And... Anyways, he's like lost his fame and he's trying to get back famous. They're just funny shows. It's the only thing I'm watching right now. 
Yeah, I love a good comedy, like for lighter content in between the darker, like more dramatic stuff. I that's that's one of the things I love about watching Zoe's extraordinary playlist is because it's such lighter, happier. Well, not always happy. Like they they deal with some pretty <laughs> like yeah. the last episode especially, like they just deal with some pretty heavy topics as well. Um but you know, they're singing and dancing, which is so funny because Nikki, you know, I never liked musicals. I say this all the time on the, on the podcast. Like, I've never been a fan of musicals. I wasn't a fan of uh, Once More We're Feeling on but the Buffy musical. Um, but I do appreciate it more now from a creative standpoint and like what the work of the actors put in. Um, but Zoe's like is a musical. It's a different kind of musical, but I really love it. It's so good. Have you ever seen that? I have not should give it a watch it's a fun all right well nikki thank you so much for coming on the podcast like this was so fun and i'm so glad we got to get together and geek out over one of our all-time favorite shows again um and i hope that we can get to a point soon enough in our society through this pandemic where we can actually do it in person Uh, that would be great (laughs) definitely so Nikki, we also like to share socials at the end of um, our chat. So would you like to share your socials with everybody in case anybody's interested in giving you a follow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you want to keep it hush? Like, <laughs> I have Facebook, guys. That's funny. <laughs> so, That's funny. I don't think you can really follow me. I'm not a tech savvy. I think y'all found that out when I could not figure out how to Zoom. So. Fair enough. I don't have Twitter or anything. Oh, you don't have Twitter? No. I don't stay up to date with things. I am a grandma. Like, I just. That actually sounds super liberating. (laughs) I know. Sometimes I I wish I was in a position where I could just, like, take take a break from social and just leave it behind for a while and I, and I feel like I would probably enjoy that to a certain degree but but I will so. say I have snapchat Joanna snapchat snapchat and you uh, will yeah. ever get it I don't I don't do snapchat <laughs> yeah that, that, I, don't, I don't have like twitter and stuff but I have snapchat and facebook that's about it yeah, I never Snapchat had a. I, I tried to. Snapchat back in like 2012 or whatever when it was first a thing um, mm-hmm. and super basic. And I just really couldn't get into it then. And so I deleted it and never, never looked back. Um, but everyone always, always said, like, always seemed to have it and always tell yeah. me I should get on there. But I'm like, no, I have enough that I have to manage now. I don't want. Right. You can do all this, the same stuff you're doing on Snapchat, you can do on Instagram now. And now Twitter allows you to do it and yeah. gave it the worst name. They're called Fleet. Fleet? Fleet? Yeah. Their stories are called Fleet. So it's like, did no one tell them that was an Enema brand? <laughs> like, that's. Uh, do a google people before you name a product google it google the name just google it you know what i think of when i hear fleet i think of a fleet of a bunch of hot sailors that's just what i (laughs) think of like, yeah that's what i'm saying like like a boat full of hot sailor guys a naval (laughs) fleet i uh 
I can just tell you it's an enema brand. And I think it's someone, <laughs> I'm like, there was a gay person on that team that should have called this out immediately. So funny. I thought when you said, okay, I thought you said anime earlier. You said enema. No. Enema. <laughs> the next That's time so you funny. go to the digestive health section of your local Walmart or Target, you will see fleet now oh, it'll jump right. out at you and you'll be like oh, yeah. oh okay and then what i'll do is i'll take a picture of it and then i will fleet it do it <laughs> oh yes okay well we will wrap up and let nikki get back to her life uh and watching more buffy <laughs> and let you know like let's get together sometime nikki i i miss seeing you um like maybe even if it's virtual um and i can meet dave I've heard so many good things about him. So I'm dying to meet him. He's a great guy. He is. All right. Well, I love you. And it was fun seeing you. I love you too. We'll have to do this again. We will. It was nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. Okay. So shall we close with the socials, Kanan? Yeah. Let's, Let's tell everybody how to find us. And we will wrap it up. Right, so you can find me on Instagram at Adventures of Jonah or on Twitter at Quirky Writer Guy. Oh, wait, I always forget to give our podcast socials first. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we should tell them how to find the podcast before they find that. us. We're like, fuck the podcast. This is how you find me. Right, find me. <laughs> Don't find the podcast. We have like three followers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But it's at the re- it's at the rewind, right? The rewind podcast. Yes, yes. So, so on Twitter, it's at the rewind underscore the pod, and uh, we also have an Instagram account. It's at the rewind podcast. Yeah, there we like to drop little teasers here and there from the show that you can get a peek on and other fun little content throughout the week. So you know, tune in there and give us a follow. Yeah. Or you can go to our website to check out older episodes or find, like, what platform you prefer to podcast on. We have all of them listed there. It's anchor.fm slash rewind-podcast. Or you can email us any of your thoughts um, at the the rewindpodcast1 at gmail.com. Now, Jonah, why don't you tell them where they can find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Adventures of Jonah or on Twitter at Quirky Writer Guy. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the KT Walker. I have uh, links to other photography stuff there, so I won't bore you with the other uh, accounts. You, if you have any interest in the Justice League Dark, you can check out my other podcast, Justice League Dark, on Apple Podcasts. Jessica, do you want to tell the people how they can follow you on the internet? Oh, I don't live on the internet, guys. I uh, I stay free of that spot. I mean, I, I have a Twitter, but it's a pathetic place. You would not want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate you having me on your show. It was so good to see y'all. Oh, we loved having you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming. It was a lot of fun. I'm yes. so glad. It was great. It's good to just see two smiling faces and hang out. Mm-hmm. Had a good time. I'm proud of y'all for doing this. This is a big deal. Making content and putting it out into the world. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's scary. Like, like, <laughs> waiting, waiting for someone to read us for Phil. Uh-huh. I'm, Any you know, I've been, been thinking about launching a blog for forever. And every single time it's like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's well, tough to be vulnerable in front of the world like that. Um, and sometimes you just have for to sure. be like, you know what? Fuck it. Just gonna yeah. rather what happens, happens. Yeah. I'm like, if they don't like it, then they can move on. I, I think at some point we were just like, you know what? We decided to do this because it's something we enjoy. We like watching these episodes and talking about them. So if we have three listeners, then yay, three people are enjoying what we have to say. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it, it, it is good for us. It's a, it's a great outlet and we get to talk about a show that we love or, and, and like with the canceled cast, like talk about shows we love that we think went off the air too soon. So I, I, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's good all job, about guys. you. And so everybody, we ask you to be kind and please rewind. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Just be kind and listen to the rewind.